what is the name of this podcast? International again? House of Pancakes. Right. <laughs> we have your table all waiting. All syrup, all the time. <laughs> welcome, welcome back to the Cinemasters of the Universe podcast. I am your host, Ron Avis, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Adam Peterson. And today we're going to be talking about our top tens of the year in cinema. 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 The cinema. In a world where laughter was king on the edge of space. Ludicrous speed! Go! We get together, have a few laughs. Masters of the universe! <laughs> Do you think Sandy's gonna be in any of these? Fingers crossed. Maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> She could be. She could make the list. I'm just saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll have to definitely. I mean, Sandy has at least one movie, yeah. and uh, it, it's a it's a popular movie for some probably not good reasons right now. Uh, oh, that one. The, yeah. yeah, the per- <laughs> that one. Okay, so this is a podcast about the our ten favorite <laughs> movies of the year, and just to give you guys a heads up, we each of us we crammed a combined. What what would you say conservatively thirty movies in the last yeah. four days? Yep. Together because, you know, I'll catch movies that I'm really excited about throughout the year. On average, you know, I'll get to the movies three or four times a month. Some movies are a little heavier. Some movies not so much. You know, I may just get once or twice. Yep. Depending on the month, but you know, I'll go see a movie even if it's not a blockbuster. I don't care. But I felt like, you know, this year. I noticed. I watched a lot of TV. Yeah, I did too. More so than ever. I mean, there's so much good streaming content on your Hulus and your Netflix and your Amazon Primes. They're film quality shows. Yeah. And I just noticed I that I just didn't watch as many movies. Like, I didn't make a point to watch movies that I was really super excited to see. So I'm putting together my top ten, and I'm like, wow, this this is pretty vanilla. I like these movies. Big names, a lot, yeah. But it is not balanced. There's yeah. like a there's like a theme, and I, as a film nerd, I consider myself a film nerd. Should, you know, there should be a little bit of more variety in there, like not. And I don't say like it has to have all like wall to wall indie darlings. Yeah, but you want a little bit. Of, you want a little bit of variety. You want a little bit of a little bit of something like that gives the perspective some depth. Yeah, exactly. And then you you appreciate. Uh, you know, you appreciate the blockbusters a little more. Uh, I was cramming in all these movies. I mean, I, we were, I was toying with the idea of maybe doing our top 10 at the end of the year, but I was like, that's no good because there's a, there's probably Too a half a dozen movies coming out in December that Too I really want to see. And I'm also glad we let it breathe because it, I, I watched, like I said, a ton of movies and, uh, some really, really good movies, uh, that yeah. came out throughout the year that I just missed. And I'm really glad I watched those movies. And one of those movies, possibly two, even snuck into my top ten. Uh, that's I was just checking mine too, and I think I had a couple of them that I watched over the last few days made it on my list. I'm a lot prouder of my top ten now. I don't feel like it's just summer fair. I feel like I put more effort into it. I yeah. feel like I was like, all right, because I, I went through the list of everything that I could. And then I, the one of the websites I use primarily I went through 
everything that they had listed that came out. Which That's actually, what I do too. I, I realized there were even, uh, I think, four or five other big ones that uh, weren't on their list. So I was like, oh, yeah, I saw oh, these wow. two. A couple of them recently, and I was like, I was going through it, and I was like, okay, they're... I had seen most of the ones that I'd wanted to, but even going back through it, I think when we were talking, I think I'd found like 30, 35 movies that yeah. I still probably at some point will go back and try and watch right. just because it was like, okay, these these were, if I had a list of all the movies I really wanted to see, those probably would have made the list. Sure. Same. And, um, you know, uh, and it, it may not be the best way, like most palatable way to watch a movie because I found myself being harsher on films. Yep. Uh, whereas if I just watch a movie once a week or so, like I, it's that's my only movie, so I'm a little more patient with it. Uh, I'll tolerate it more. I'll suspend disbelief a bit more. But I mean, there were movies that I watched, and like I'm texting you, and I'm going, "Turd, yeah. awful, bland, I, uh, disappointing." Well, I believe, <laughs> I believe uh, the term that I use frequently in describing the movie Demon House that I was watching last night is uh, horseshit. <laughs> I you never do that, man. I apologize for such strong language. <laughs> that movie is horseshit. <laughs> you, uh, you, you too were a little bit meaner. I feel like I was. I, I was yes, I was a, a bit more hardened. But I, I don't. I don't think that the Sandy Bullock movie is going to make either of our lists. Like, would you care to share what your very, you know, succinct review of that was? It's it's the pull quote of the year. Now I'm trying to remember what, what it, how, oh, oh. If you don't um, remember, I've got it. Um, <laughs> what, did I, what did I compare it to? Oh, I, I compare it, I said, um, Bird Box is like watching The Happening with a less satisfying ending. <laughs> and I was like, ouch, dude. I don't, I don't even know if that's, I, I didn't think that was possible. Yeah, no, that, that movie, for those who have not seen The Happening, a.k.a. The Crappening, which is what it's always called, yes. amongst my ring of friends, um, one of the stupidest endings ever and stupidest plots and disappointing movies it, it's legendary the the trees the trees are making people kill themselves and they just stop ah trees uh, and then just one day it was like the yeah, trees are angry the trees are okay again we're just here to use the bathroom and then we're just gonna leave so we can go back outside whatever it was it ended and then and then, and then after that, they had to imply that oh, on to the next major metropolitan city. So it, it's just that that movie was dare I say horseshit. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, that I, I, it sucks because they're horror films go through these cycles of uh, kind of they copy one another. You know? Yeah, and it, it sometimes takes a few years of bad movies for the next you know visionary to come across just the right formula to make it not seem so stupid, you know, so silly and contrived. <clears throat> yeah, somebody will come in with some kind of something new. Like, oh, now we're doing found footage. Oh, now we're doing we're doing demon possession. Oh, it's a yeah. you know, and just everybody's like, oh, people are going to see that? All right, then we we're going to make every movie is now yeah. found footage. Every movie's like, found footage. Super exciting the first couple times around. Oh. <gasps> By the 50th, you're just sick of it. Yeah. Like, I'm sitting here watching a security camera in someone's house and some pans rattled. What life choices have I made to where I am counting this as entertainment? Oh, look, it's a night vision camera. And that pan, that pan just moved. Oh, I need to get outside. It was brilliant, something. though, because, like, what did that movie cost? $52 yeah. to make. 
How do, can we get a, a fan that will blow a pan a little bit? People are going to love this. It's a oh, there's an earthquake. Let's roll with that. Here. <laughs> they blow really hard at that pan. Yeah. Oh, it moved. No. So, yeah, it's, it, I feel like we're in a sl- one of those slumps, and somebody will come along and, you know, like Jordan Pills get out, like, yep. last year. I'm, I'm you know, kind of looking forward to the new one. I don't really Us. know what it is. Us? Yeah, like, what it is it, looks, a monster movie? It looks yeah. creepy. It, it looks... I'm far more, like, every, I still have not watched Get Out. I have not. And it's not even... What is your problem with Get I Out? D- I don't know. I think it was just like... You're just I, afraid it's not going to be as good as you'd been told. I, I, I think, think. What, what it is, is like, I, I already knew what was going to happen, and then I went and read the synopsis, like, okay, that's what I thought was going to happen. And now I'm like, why would I want to go watch it? But I, it's still entertaining. I, 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 you know... Yeah, I, I need. What it, what it'll, there'll be a day it'll hit me. I'm just sitting there, like you know what? Should I watch that movie where the pan moves a little bit, or should I watch this Get Out thing? Right. <laughs> a I'll bookshelf watch. is gonna fall I'll, over top oh. of you, and the movie like will just start playing. Yeah, and you you won't oh, be able to reach the remote. I'm paralyzed. Ah, but I've read the synopsis. It's a waste oh. of time. <laughs> Somehow, a series of events has paralyzed me, and also <laughs> turned on Get Out, and my eyelids won't close. Because of the paralysis. This is a weird situation, but I'm going to watch Get Out. It's like the Babadook. No, yes. no. Well, I liked that. I, that was very good. Maybe maybe the following is a better example, because I just kept hearing how wonderful it was through the indie circuit. You know, We're getting way off topic, but we'll get back on board. We're, we're coming back. Just, just hold on with us. You know, We're just going down one of our you know, tangents. Bitch, just keep driving. Just keep driving. That's Mitch, a reference from Mitch, the first episode. Pull over. Continuity. 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 That's how we do it. Uh, just like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. That's what we are for podcasts. No, but um, I, and I, I went to see it, and I thought, this is just okay. There's a couple, one or two genuinely creepy moments. And I think, why why did all of the critics come together and decide to pick this film to be the next big thing? Because I feel like that's what happened. Yeah, it's like they did that back in February with something, but I can't remember what. Yeah, it's like when you go to a gas station and all of the gas stations like synchronize their prices almost exactly. Like they always go to the same price. And there's a little meeting and they get together and they're like, we're going to 225 today. And then at 3.30, we'll hike it up to 2.79 for no reason. And then we'll go back down to 2.45 at this time. You know, like It's just it's how it feels sometimes. But anyway, I digress. We're going to get to the top 10 um, films of 2018. And like I said, I feel good about this. Yes. I, I actually I, almost wish I could do a top 20. I've I, crammed in so many movies. I, star- I, I started when I wrote my list of things that I, I was going to legitimately consider. I, I started with 26 films and I had to... Had to whittle, whittle it down. Whittle it down. But we can't forget where we ended off from last episode. Yes. And that was our first segment of Rad Dad. Rad Dad. And if uh, I remember correctly, your assignment was to show the kids uh, Space Jam. Space Jam. Yeah. And, and then I was going to show my kids Beetlejuice. So how did it go for your kids? Did they love it? Are you a Rad Dad or a Bad Dad? We watched Space Jam three times this week. So, um, and uh, Tucker, my youngest, he uh, he requested it um, on Thursday and on Friday. I can't believe they haven't seen it with like a movie you would definitely have shown them. I, I thought it was because um, uh, I asked. I said, have, "Have you have we watched this before, guys?" And they said, "No." I was like, "Okay." And so I started up, and they were watching it, 
And we're, we're in that phase for both of them where they ask me a ton of questions, even if, even if I don't know the answer or if I know the answer, they're not going to listen. But we, we watched it. And I, I love Tucker. He's, 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 got, he's got a little bit, of a, little bit of a speech impediment, so he kept calling him Michael Gordon. He loves Michael Gordon. <laughs> the race car driver. Michael Gordon. <laughs> but it was, they, they, they both, they both loved it. They were, um, and like I said, Tucker kept requesting it. And I did, I did expose them to some of uh, the songs from the soundtrack. One of which was, was my personal Quad favorite. City DJs. Um, Hit Em High. Hit Em High? Hit Em High. Who's that by? That has, is Be Real from Cypress Hill. Ah. Um, Coolio. Oh, Coolio. Everybody's favorite from the 90s. My, my personal favorite, Method Man. Um, and then LL Cool J and Busta Rhymes. Damn, that is a hit. You, you don't want to get hit by those guys. No, because it was what it was was it was a it was a rap. Um, it was a heartfelt rap from a, a modern. You don't day. get that a lot. Of no, it was, it was very heartfelt. You could. It just it's always very through. aggressive. It comes through in a very. It's it's an aggressive rap, but it's a heartfelt aggression. I like but raps about dim hoes. That is something that there's a lot of rapping about. This was. These five rappers kind of representing the Monstars yeah. from the movie. Okay. So a lot of self-referential uh, things in the, in the song. So we, we they got some perspective there. Um, but uh, the the kids the kids were very very receptive. And I would I would I would like to point out because one of the things I do and I believe you do as well a lot of times when I watch movies, especially movies I've watched before, I will go to IMDb um, and I will look at trivia. Do I just research things just to try and pull out some yeah. new element of the movie that I might not have? Yeah, before. you enjoy it even more. In the in the final moments of the movie, when Michael makes his triumphant return back to the Bulls, and they go to cut to him playing with the Bulls, laser lights, all that, they're playing the Orlando Magic. So there is a cameo. Oh. There is a cameo in this movie. Oh my it, god! They don't focus on him. They don't focus on him at all. It's just. <laughs> That he's there in the shot somewhere. The greatest actor of our generation. Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal oh is God. in Space Jam. So you probably keep a journal of all Shaquille O'Neal things, related things that you've watched. Did you just write that in? All of the letters that I haven't sent to him. <laughs> I just jot them down and put them in a box. Well, boxes at this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I bet he would like to read them. He probably would. Some of them might not so much, but yeah, just most send them. him five dollars. Yeah, hey, just Shaq. pin it to the outside. Shaq. Hey Shaq, you, you, there's another five in it for you. you Here's a birthday letter. card. Love you, <laughs> Shaq. If you're watching this, like I assume you probably are, love you. So your kids are kind of still at a younger age. They don't watch probably a lot of, you know, sports. Um, so they have no like frame of reference as far like you know like I watch that movie and I go oh there's Muggsy Bogues and, yes you know and then Larry Patrick Johnson. Ewing and you know there's just people Charles who Barkley. haven't played in probably twenty years and uh, it's it's it, it's great and nostalgic for me I like yeah. it but for like if you were to show it to a kid who's just used to watching what you know what players are out there today I mean some of the I would I would wager to say maybe one of those stars in that movie had a kid and now plays in the NBA. <laughs> There's a good chance. There's a good chance. Uh, so, you know, like, I, I would wonder if that would lessen the enjoyment of the movie, kind of take you out of it. Because when we were kids, like, what if what if it was, like, you know, 
Earl the Pearl, Dr. J, Dan Issel, you know, like, it's, it just wouldn't be as fun. Yeah. Because that was part of the fun of that movie. Like, you had the Looney Tunes characters, but I was way into the NBA at that time. Like, huge into it. So, like, it was just kind of neat to see him in a movie, as horribly acting as they, as they were. It, it, was, it was not great acting. Um, and uh, Charles Barkley was in it, though. Charles right? Barkley. recognizable. Yes. And he is, he is, a, he is a force, just as a person. You know, yeah. just as a person, he is a force. Love him or hate him, he's a force. Yes, <laughs> and uh, it was—he—he he probably had the most charisma. Um, but though Muggs, Muggsy Bogues, he really—he really showed up. Uh, Sean Sean Bradley was was predictably awkward. <sighs> God, I forgot about him. And seven six, Blair, late for the Sixers at number seventy six, which was just <laughs> fantastic. They ha- they were obligated to draft him. Like, well, at this point, I think we should probably. Pull this guy out. Damn, I um, wish he was 7'7". Seven, seven. I really don't want this guy. I I, the <laughs> the one, fans will revolt if we don't. The one, and I think it would, I mean, it must have been something commercial about it, but as Larry Johnson rounded out the, the crew, and I was just like, Larry Johnson? I mean, like, I like Larry That's Johnson. That's Grandma Ma. It was like, that was the thing. I was like, okay, <laughs> I mean, he's, because he makes a joke. He's like, my grandma plays better than me now. It's like, uh, it's like boy, oh. that's going to be lost on many, <laughs> many people. That's a not-so-timeless joke. Yeah, dated. Um, yes. Um... But I, so but the kids they liked it. The kids liked it. We will. I'm sure I will be privy to far more screenings in the days and weeks ahead. I would like. I'm going to show that to my kids. I and I, you know, Bill Murray was just so delightful in that. The few scenes that he was in. Yes. I was. I mean, I've always been a Bill Murray fan, and he's he's had two separate careers at yep. this point, three maybe even if he because he's you know he had the television career, wildly yep. successful in SNL. Then he had his big run of '80s successes. And he kind of like made a bunch of bad Murray movies. He he got into that whole weird funk where he wanted to make kind of artsy movies, stretch himself a little bit. Steve Martin did the same thing. It was kind of like, well, yeah. why? But just... then he met Wes Anderson. Yep. And like reinvigorated his career. Yep. I just I love the guy so much. He's, He's fantastic. Great. He's a national treasure. Bill Murray, as I also assume you're probably watching this, we love you. <laughs> we love you, long time. We love you. <laughs> From the heart. Um, but so. Michael Jordan, though, he, do you want to address Michael Jordan? Um, acting he is prowess? a very not great actor. Okay, um, maybe that's just all you got to say. I yeah. think Keanu Reeves would act circles around this guy. Yeah, um, I think uh, I, I think there's. I mean, you could name any actor, any, any person, any human person. The actor who played the, the, the cadaver in CSI yeah. season two, episode fifteen. Yeah, more charisma. Way more. <laughs> Way more. I, maybe it's not fair to say charisma because he could kind of give you that wink if he just didn't have to speak dialogue. If there weren't so much, yeah, words coming out of his face, then face, <laughs> you'd be like, out oh. of the lower middle, the yeah. lower bottom part of his face, like, just kept saying things. Just and, Mike, just you know, oh, just God. play some basketball with some cartoons. You're so good at it. You're so good at it. Like we're not even questioning that part. You're playing basketball with cartoons. Yeah, right. Just do that. <laughs> I believe that more than yep. I can believe you can carry a movie with your acting yeah. skills. Um, so, but all the, the kids, thumbs up. Thumbs up from the kids. Nice. Um, uh, it was, and it was, it's been a while since I've watched it. I mean, it's, I mean, it wasn't It's since... also been a while for me too, because like, I was like, I know we're going to talk about it. Yeah. But I don't remember a lot of it. I just remember him getting pulled in because uh, there's, you know, they, for whatever reason, the stakes lied on a basketball game. Yes. Because the little puny aliens are like, let's play basketball. And, uh, you know, and then they all transformed into big, hulking the Charles stars. Oakleys. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the Mall Stars. Perfect. 
So, you know, it, it's a silly movie. It's It, it could have been 30 minutes and did fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, it, it probably would have been better. But, uh, you know, it's a fun movie, good soundtrack. Great soundtrack. One of the best soundtracks of all time. I want to see him match that soundtrack when they do the remake. Yeah. Good luck. That <laughs> The one thing I am looking forward to that, because it's been a while since we've had a good, you know, the Looney Tunes are timeless. Looney yeah. Tunes will be, they will have... They're cyclical, they go away for a while, they come back, and they're just as entertaining as they always were. I think in nowadays they're they're questionable just because everyone's so offended by everything. Yeah. There are some things in there that are not cool, but the jokes are not so timeless. woke in some things. Oh. Can you imagine they weren't so woke in the thirties? That's crazy <laughs> to not be woke in the thirties. Shocking. What? It, it's shocking that they aren't more offensive, yeah. honestly. But anyway, yeah, that the, a remake would be Good. And the Looney Tunes could use a remake. And LeBron, uh, uh, for all intents and purposes, I believe Le- LeBron James will be reprising the Michael Jordan role. He is actually, in what the few things I've seen him in, a fairly decent actor. He I mean, can he's, act, actually. He, he's, I mean, yeah. in um, Trainwreck, he's he great in that. great in that. He stays in his lane. He he's was, playing yeah. an yep. athlete. Yep. He's playing himself, but he, he more than holds his own against Bill Hader, yeah. who's been just phenomenal. Yeah. He was fun. He Amy. was good. You know, like, oh, gosh. Amy, Schumer. Amy Schumer, yeah. She, he wasn't intimidated. No. He was he just was, as funny. He though. jumped right in and totally totally worked. So. so under those circumstances where he's playing himself, I think he'll be just fine. I think, yeah. I think so, too. All right, Adam. So uh, as I said before, I watched Beetlejuice just right before the recording. Got in under the wire. Um, Logan was feeling a little under the weather, but he, he stayed awake for it all. And uh, they... Both my three-year-old, who I wasn't actually expecting to watch it with, because I thought, ooh, I might be a bad dad for having my three-year-old <laughs> watching this Beetlejuice movie. But I, was, I haven't seen Beetlejuice in probably ten years, and uh, I bought the Blu-ray recently because I just hadn't seen it in a while. And it, it's a movie, but it's a movie that was on cable like every day. Yeah, it was around So I kind of was like, well, I, I know there's some grotesque scenes, like when they go you know, to, to meet Juno the caseworker, yep. and there's some you know, grotesque imagery. And you have to deal with the, the death subject death, yeah. um, a lot. And, you know, Michael Keaton does say nice fucking model and honk his penis. I, I want to say my wife, who was watching with us, she'd never seen Beetlejuice either. Wow. So, rad hubby. So, you know, she, she well watched done. the whole thing and was okay with it. You, know? you exposed your whole family to Beetlejuice. The whole family to my virus, <laughs> my obsession. She, she, she stepped away during the nice model. So I got away with that one. Kids didn't really question it either. But uh, my little girl, uh, she loved it. She kept calling me Bee Juice. Bee Juice. Very nice. Bee Juice is so funny. You know, Lo- Logan liked it. Um, he-, he was into it. It, you know, like, and, and I'm like, I'm kind of tense because I'm like, ooh, gosh, now. It's funny when you watch a movie you haven't seen in a long time and it could be questionable and you start to remember every single scene as it's coming up. Yep. Like, oh, God, here comes the scene where, oh. you know, the uh, the the uh, receptionist reveals that she there's a lot of suicide yeah. talk in that Slitteris. movie. Tons yeah. and tons of suicide talk. Lydia, you know, writes a suicide yeah. note towards the end, and they, they didn't question it, but it's like, my God, Tim Burton. A lot of dark. Needs a hug. Yeah, <laughs> Tim, Tim Burton. As I'm assuming, once again, you're watching this. Don't come you. at us, bro. We love you. We do, man. We would give you a hug if you were here. Come to my house. I'll welcome Free you with hugs. open arms. We'll watch any movie you like. With arms wide open. With arms wide open. Yeah. You didn't know you were going to listen to some Creed. Creed. You were going to hear some Creed. In your face. 
they're they're a little bit younger than your kids even, so they're they're not gonna give like a great analysis of the movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I was like, "What? You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to probe Logan because he's you know eight, so he he can have conversations yeah. a little bit deeper." I was like, "What did you think of the movie?" He's like, "I liked it." You know, what, uh, did you think it was funny? Oh yeah. What was your favorite part? Beetlejuice. What was your favorite scene? Oh, the scene we just watched. So like, you know, <laughs> it's always very. He really enjoyed the and and it was it's cool too that Beetlejuice kind of you know he does all of his crazy shenanigans. But he doesn't kill anybody. Nope. And at the end of the movie, he, he kind of gets to be a little funny with his yeah. head shrink, shrunken. You know, he, he's a cartoon character. He really is. He is. He he would fit right in with the Looney Tunes. And they, oddly enough, did make a cartoon of it. They did. They and did. it was great. It was fantastic. Way different. Yeah. Uh, way different. No no Jeffrey Jones likeness. No. In that movie. Wonder why. I don't know. I was getting a bit uncomfortable anytime like he had a scene with young. Kids. Winona Ryder, yeah. Any kids. <laughs> Just any kids. Just... I forgot Catherine O'Hare was in that movie. Yep. She's great in everything. So, uh, it's fun. You know, if you guys haven't seen it in a while, check it out. It holds up still pretty good. It's it, I've, I, it's probably been within the last six months or so that I've watched Beetlejuice. Okay. I, I concur. I, I enjoyed it. You know, the effects mm. don't hold up phenomenally, but it, at times it reminds you of Pee-wee's Playhouse. Yeah. You know, but I th- that's intended. Some uh, I mean, sandworm, some solid claymation there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and when he when Beetlejuice is a snake, I was yeah. worried most that that would scare yeah. my my youngest. But she and she she wasn't into it at first. But you know, once you start noticing the cartoon violence of yeah. it, you know, you, you you get a little relaxed. So you know, thumb two thumbs up for Beetlejuice. We're both rad dads this time. Yes, rad dads. Yes, score. All right, so should we not, you know, quit burying the lead and go right to the without the main further event? ado? Um, Adam, I, I I enjoy it when you go first because you're like the guest. You're the you know you are my guest in 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 the studio. This is so. not my house. This is not. Although I noticed that you crawled underneath the house I when did. you left last time. So I you've did. been living under my house ever since then. <laughs> I just like to think of my house as really really close to your house, being that it's a small. I do yeah, under I like, your house. Adam, you coming over for the show? Yes, I'll be there in five seconds. I will be right, literally right there. I will instantaneously arrive at your back door. I might literally be underneath you. <laughs> right this second. And then you rose. Great cell phone reception under your house, by the way. But Great cell phone reception. AT&T, hey man. Yeah. Good job. All right, so why don't why don't you start? Well, I guess All we'll right. go 10-1. 10-1. Yep. And also... Um, we're going to have some overlap. We're not going to yep. just talk about 20 movies because we will have plenty of overlap. And, you know, you if you mention a movie and it's like your 10 ends up being like my 6, I'll still reveal it, but we won't just talk about it yeah, again. Yeah, we won't talk about it again. I'll just jump in and talk and then I'll say, hey, guess what? That was my 6. We'd be here for it. days. Yeah, and we're going to get we're gonna do a lot of shout-outs. And we promise to keep the shout-outs limited to a handful of comments. Yeah. We cannot promise that we won't go on many tangents. Yeah. That tangents. don't even have anything to do with what we were just talking about. I'm all about tangents. Tangents are, it's it's the it's the nectar. It's, the it's one of my favorite mathematical properties. <laughs> Leave it to tangents. you. Tangents, 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 cosines. I want more hug. tangents. I want to hug a tangent. Yeah. I want to eat them. Yeah. It sounds sweet. It does. I just want to feel the tangent nectar mm. just dripping down my chin. Just get get you a tangent. It's gonna get messy like a with big, one. <laughs> big juicy bite of a tangent. <laughs> All right, Adam, what's your this number This segment 10? brought to you by Tangents. Ah, Big Tangent. Big Tangents. <laughs> it's like big-ass ham. Big corn. That's something else. <clears throat> All right. Number 10. Number 10. Numero 
10. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick it off. DS. 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 That is 10 in another language. You learned something. It's German. <clears throat> it's I'm German. Positive, it's German. The Germans. <laughs> For the number DS10, we will be going with Halloween. All right. Yes. The resurgence of Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Um, the Halloween franchise is my all time favorite of all of the slasher, you know, just generally, I would say in horror movies, Michael Myers, bar none, my favorite. And so. You're you're probably the first person uh, that I know personally that has said that. It's he's always in people's top like yep. three, but it's always Jason or Freddy, and Mike Myers kind of is there to get the you know the sloppy. He's thirds. in the mix. He's in the mix. But for me, he's um, uh, Halloween was the first was the first horror movie I think I ever saw, and yeah. I saw it on TV. Um, great, great, great horror movie. And it was I don't know I don't know if it's just the nostalgia or because I've. I've genuinely enjoyed all of the movies as well as much as you can because i mean mm-hmm. once you get past really once you get past the first, the first one most of most of them are like kind you, of you pick your enjoyment out yeah. like in pieces and you it's, you kind of start just forgiving it. yeah um it's not what i wanted exactly but hey it was a good yeah. it was still entertaining <laughs> you kind of trail off with a series of odd noises and head shakes and they and, the, and it doesn't help too that they've literally erased Bits and yeah. pieces of timeline, like they rebooted it almost sort of. And this didn't happen. It's yeah, like it's over here now. There's like there's two, and then there's a there's a separate trilogy, yes. and then there's there's like there's also two movies done by a different director in a different timeline, and it's crazy. It's Try to make sense of that timeline, you can't. And this one retcons the sequel. Yeah, we go all the way back to the very first one, which in the in the time the original timeline, you go first Halloween movie. Then you go right into the second one, and time-wise, it's the same night. It's the, the night Laurie Strode gets attacked, and the second one picks up. She's been taken to the hospital after all yeah. the events of the first one. This movie completely negates that whole tangent of time. Right. Um, so, <clears throat> but I, I liked the direction they went with it. I mean, it wasn't without some flaws. Um, it wasn't without its um, with its issues. But I felt like it really brought it back to um, what made the first one as great as it was. Yeah. Um, the and I, I th- and we've talked about it before in referring to horror movies. One of the things that's been nice, and I, I don't feel like Halloween has ever really been um, super guilty of jump scares. Um, uh, so it's it's nice. There there were a couple of things in this new one that kind of. Um, utilize that in a way that was um, was satisfying, wasn't overt. I feel like his scares are uh, similar in a way to James Wan's. Yeah, where he uses he builds tension with, you know, placing Michael somewhere that you can see, but you know the the the, the people who are being stalked can't really. See. The, yeah, it's it's all that a lot of background, yeah. background foreground play, a lot of stuff you'll notice, you know, in the the, the dead space of of a, of a shot. And so it was really, really well done on that. That is so much more effective in my book than a jump scare. Yeah. Jump scares just seem so cheap, and I wish people would just stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> you know who you are. Stop it. And it can't be talked about enough. Like, you can't overstate how special it felt that it actually was released in, uh, in October. In October. Near Halloween, and uh, that had never happened before. Yeah. Why has that never happened before? I don't know unbelievable it took them this many 
times out. And that lent to the nostalgia, I feel like. Yeah. Because of the neighborhood, you know, like it, it takes place during Halloween. Yep. It's, it's, it, it felt like October, like it felt just right. You know, I didn't walk outside and it was like a heat wave. No, nope. it was very tie, uh, tied in well with the season. You're ready for it. Because that's uh, in September and October, especially over the last few years, they've really, they've really taken that. Because a lot of other movies that come out in that time frame don't do as well. People yeah. are, you know, it's after the summer movie, you know, bash. It's before you get into the holiday movies. So that September, October is kind of a dead space for a lot of films. Right. And so people in the horror industry have really taken into, into let's capitalize on this. And a lot of times they'll go relatively unopposed as far as box office dollars. So I feel like horror movies have been making hay in like August. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I guess I can understand that. You know, it's like you put a little bit of faith in a movie when you put it in August. It used to be August was like a dead zone too. Yep. And then... You know, it's funny how the summer has just proliferated. Pro- it's proliferated, pushed, you know, like out now it's like ends. March to September, yeah. you know, like that's your summer blockbuster season. Yeah, and then you get a month or so off and then December again. Yeah. But I mean, now in January, we got like glass coming out, which is like a legitimate like blockbuster type movie. And we won't have to wait long for Captain Marvel and stuff nope. like that. So it, in a way, it's really nice to have these movies scattered around. Yeah. But and I guess because of that, it's allowed... It's allowed, you know, studios to just go ahead and put a scary movie in October. Drop it right in. You know? Ready it, to go. There's no room in August anymore. No. Say, they'll they'll put, like, The Nun and things like that in those places. And um, I won't say anything about The Nun. Nah, we don't have to. It's, that's, we've already spent too much time yes. on The Nun. Uh, another cool thing about um, Halloween was that it, one of its, one of the people that wrote the film was one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, Danny McBride. Yes. And the director who, in it, you would swear it was a John Carpenter directed movie, but it was not. It was a, it was a kind of a like a new guy, David Gordon Green, and he he was a collaborator of of uh, Danny McBride's. Yeah, he directed like eight episodes of Vice Principals, which is a pretty great show, and you know it. I, it's always nice to see people take the reins who have a vested interest in yeah. the source material. And they're fans. It's like sort of JJ with the Star Wars Force Awakens. Yeah, it it just makes it better. There's more love. You get a better finished product a lot of times because there's a lot more care that goes into it. And they did not pull punches. There there was one punch they pulled that I'm grateful they did. But um, the, the scene that got me kind of hard was when Michael Myers was escaping, and the you know the kid, oh the, the young kid, kid the and yep. the dad kind of get pulled over. Yep. And we're going to spoil stuff, guys. If the movie pops up in this list, you might as well skip ahead a few minutes. We're going to tell you things about we're it. We're going to tell you things, okay? That's why you're watching. You've had some time. Yeah. You've had Should some have time. got on that one. Um, but, you know, you, you kind of expect it anyway. We're not giving too many things away. But, yeah, the, the kid gets killed, man. He's dead. There's a he, dead kid in horror. And he wasn't, movie. like, five. He was, no. He was like, a young... It was, like, a teenager. He was, he, yeah, he was a young... And he was young-looking, too. Yeah, he was young... He was a young-looking young, young teenager, I think but... he was 15, like, an actual... Because I remember looking him up. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I want to say he was 15. But it it kind of got me, man. Yeah. I was like, holy crap, they're going there. This is a very R-rated movie. Because normally that's a punch that gets pulled. Normally yeah. in your standard... In a PG-13 movie, that would never happen. No, and, and in, in a standard horror movie, you know, Freddy... I mean, he goes after kids in their in their nightmares. Right. Um, but, you know, it's the kids that are teenagers are obviously not teenagers. Um, you know, Jason, I mean, my favorite installment of the Friday the 13th episode, uh, 
the fourth one, um, Corey, Corey Feldman. Ah. Um, he, oh, and also, what's his face from Back to the Future? Uh, Crispin Glover. Yeah, Crispin Glover. Um, Crispin Glover, thankfully, does die. Um, <laughs> Not before he dances, though. No, he does dance first. <laughs> oh, that's one of those things you can't do. Okay, guys, see. do yourself a favor. Like, YouTube that dance scene. Just, oh. just do, like, Crispin Glover Friday the 13th dance or something. It's so weird and awkward. And I, I remember reading, you know, like, anecdotally that they believe that they were playing an ACDC song that he matches up to. Yeah. But they couldn't get the rights to it. So he just looks some... jerky and weird. And it's and he's a weird guy. Anyway. Yeah, Crispin Glover seeming jerky and weird. <laughs> and it, even that's how odd it seemed where he even it was even out weirded him nor, his normal self. Yeah. The guy that did a movie where he hangs out with rats. Yeah, but that but, guy. But you know the scene I'm talking about too. Like yes. where they there there was a scene with a baby and it's fine. And uh, I was just like, holy crap, they're not gonna do anything. Okay, and they didn't. He just kind of, and I like that scene too because there's a lot of seemingly long, no cuts. You know, like if there were a couple, that scene in particular felt like it was all one take. Yeah, I did. I could not see any cuts in that scene. Yeah, and that that was cool. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, awesome. The the guy that played Michael Myers mm. in this movie was the guy that played Michael Myers in the original. Yeah, same guy, uh, which I I really. I, uh, even just outside of it, because when we were talking about James Jude Courtney, uh, yes, or was it Nick Castle? Uh, I think it was uh, Nick Castle. Sounds okay. Uh, more right, um, but um, one one of the things that I loved just when I was reading up and because um, I was very excited once I found out that they were actually making this movie. Yeah, um, there's an iconic photo from the uh, from production when they were shooting the original, mm. where he's um, he's in the costume, but he's got the mask kind of resting on top of his head. And he's making the mask drink a Dr. Pepper. They recreated that photo a second cool. time around, which I, th- I it was just one of those things I thought was cool. Yeah, I liked that there was that continuity between the first sure. one and this one, as the the whole story is Michael has been in this institution. Nowadays for there'd four be a years. Facebook thing on that. Yes. <laughs> Michael Myers. It would be a Twitter account. There'd be a Twitter for Michael Myers Dr. Pepper can, and it would just be things that Michael Myers Dr. Ah, Pepper. Ah, damn can. it! Somebody already took it. Oh. Instantaneously, it was taken. And there it goes. Judy Greer was pretty good in it. She uh, was great. You know, the, the husband, he was pretty good. Uh, Will Patton, I always like him and stuff. And especially when he's like a weathered sheriff. And they worked him in, too. Like, he was in. He was supposed to be one of the police officers who was on scene. Yeah. Uh, the, when, the when, yeah. Yeah. So. Same character, yeah. And obviously, I don't. I know Will Patton. I mean, I don't know for a fact, but I don't think that was Will Patton in that movie. No. I think they just added that yep. in. So that was pretty good. Um, Toby Huss. I will say uh, the character of um, Toby Huss. I think yeah. Was he was he the he doctor? Was, he no. He was he was the Judy Gertz husband. I just oh yeah. Him. I love Toby Huss. I feel so bad for him. He really he got he got, slain. He, got, he yeah. did not deserve that. So many times, like they they the director or the the whoever decides to you know the, the script writer or whatever they 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 want you to not care about the. Yeah. Uh, actors, the people who are getting murdered, you don't, they're usually like, oh, they had it coming. He's Artie, the strongest man in the world from Pete and Pete. That's Toby Huss. So I'm sitting there like, Artie, the strongest man in the world, can't just get, he wouldn't get slain that easily. Yeah. But they did. 
Yeah, but the, the doctor guy, like, I yes. saw that. That was a weird turn. Weird little twist. I, I did, that that was, was the only thing I didn't like. That was the biggest misstep, in, in my opinion. And it I, was brief. It was, it was brief, and it, it had nothing to do, like, it, it didn't ruin anything. But no. It just felt weird. It was like, what? what? No, odd choice. No. Um, do you think they'll make another one? Uh, I think I think they will. I, I can't remember if I've already read something where they were going to, but they, they did what they always do. It was uh, a hit. And it was it was um, it did well financially, right. and the the it comes it comes to a conclusion where it's implied, and it would seem it would seem that there is no way for him to have escaped right. certain death, but in true horror fashion, there's always that. What if this movie does really maybe good? Maybe he did escape yeah. a completely concealed basement that was on fire. Maybe he seems plausible to me. Maybe he just teleported because that's a thing Michael Myers can do. That and know. you know he's been blown up. And, and he's been killed a lot. Yeah, he's you know it, it wouldn't be a, a shock. He's come back from the. What dark. I would wonder is if like Jamie Lee Curtis would actually agree to come back. In. I think she just seems to come back <clears throat> for the twentieth anniversary, thirtieth anniversary. I I, th- I think if you did another one with Jamie Lee Curtis, it would do a disservice to this one. I think this in a vacuum with the original, I think those two pair up really With the kid, well maybe? You know, the, I, think, you carry it on, I think you could have Judy Greer reprise her role. I think you could even pass the torch on to her, um, her granddaughter um, who was in the film. You could, you True. Could, that could be a whole other kind of direction to take the franchise if you wanted to try and reinvigorate it. But there's, there's ways you could squeeze a couple more decent installments out of this before it got to be gratuitous. Before we move on to the next movie, I just wanted to mention that Judy Greer has one of the best, like, gotchas. The way she... Yes. The way she yep. gets Michael is pretty satisfying. It's, yeah. <laughs> so uh, a lot of people cheered loudly in the theater. When the, that, when it, it, was, it was well done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, ha- I'll, Halloween didn't make my 10, but uh, I, I it was certainly considered... And uh, I think that's a good way to start it off. Good, good job. Yes, nailed it. Okay, so my number ten, and uh, this I I really struggle with this man. And when I start talking about shoutouts, I'll probably have I'll, I'll try to make my points why this made it and not others, but. Um, I, I went ahead and went with ten as Aquaman, because in the at the end of the day, it's a fun movie, and there were I felt like there were plenty of reasons for me to want to go back and revisit this movie multiple times. It it just felt it's like Wonder Woman, you know, like you, there's char, there's there's enough charm by a lot of the characters, uh, you know, Jason Momoa as Aquaman is is he, he they they pull him back just a fraction just a little bit from you know his justice league appearance you know he's a little keeps coming on a little strong in that movie i felt like he's still got a lot of that attitude but he carries the movie really well and it doesn't hurt that you know nicole kidman at the beginning of the movie have you seen aquaman i have not okay i'm not gonna spoil things you can spoil whatever you want well you know it it is a dc superhero movie but I, I will just say for you people, I say like I'm worried. I'm worried about not spoiling it for you. But our viewer, our audience, screw you guys. Yeah, <laughs> I have no problem with spoiling it. We have a weird relationship with you. We love you. Know, you I, I don't. I don't mind spoiling it though, because it's not one of those like M Night Shyamalan kind of things. I would never spoil that. 
But uh, in my opinion, if you went to go see Aquaman, it spoiled it for you. <laughs> That's just me, though. It had a it had a real kind of Thor quality to it. There was there was joy and humor in the movie all throughout. Uh, there weren't any like hardcore deaths to like you know linger on. Um, like I said, Nicole Kidman was really good in it as uh, Atlanta. I think her name was um amber heard who has not ever been anybody that i've cared a lot about in the past other than she's just pleasing to look at is pretty good in it uh she's like this like badass like action ariel warrior ariel yeah totally and uh you know like her her boobs are pressed together a lot in the movie it kind of took me i was like you know it's weird it's like do we have to have her with her boobs pushed together like she's totally wearing one of those push-up bras and you know she's fighting in this thing and swimming it like, doesn't seem like it. That's just one of those like small details that always bothers that's me. That's a natural for DC. <laughs> that's voluptuous. how you got to be voluptuous, honey. You got to be voluptuous, honey. Robert, not, it's not Rob, Patrick uh, Wilson. Wilson. Orm. Very, he plays Orm. He's very good. I enjoyed him quite a bit. Uh, I feel like he'll be a Loki type character in the future uh, where he could be flip flopping. And I don't know anything about Aquaman in the comics, by the way. I could be totally wrong about that. One of my main critiques of the movie was uh, the character, the character, the actor who played Black Mantis is fine, but his costume, it borders a bit too much on Power Ranger villain. And there are some scenes, they're very liberal with slow motion scenes, by the way. Is it Michael Jai White? I'm not sure. I'm going to look it up. You could check on that. I've been pulling up IMDb on movies that you bring up so that, you know, like I could possibly pull up little bits of information like that. And if I lie, you can call me a liar right to my face. Damn you. <laughs> apologize to Michael J. J. White. You apologize. <laughs> uh, but no, Black Mantis, he, um, you know, it, it. it's total Saturday afternoon fair. You know, there's no major stakes. Like, there are stakes because it's kind of like the end of the world. It's, you know, the world needs saving, those kinds of things. But not, you know, it's it's cartoon stakes. So it the movie's a bit long, but I never felt like it ran too long, which is something I was a little worried about. It came in around like two hours, 20 minutes, which can be kind of... That's too if, long for a if, if a movie's not working, and a lot of those DC movies don't work, that's a long time. So it, it, it's a good movie. It has a good ending. I, like I said before, it had that Thor quality, even even a bit like, you know, I think Thor, like, oh, okay, the original Thor, like almost a little bit Ragnarokish. Due to the um, sci-fi elements in the movie, they really did a good job of blending what you would imagine in your head to be an underground Atlantis uh, to be like. Uh, they they just they blended in with this like you know alien technology almost, and it's it's silly to like think that that could be down there because we would have caught onto that by now for you know with the, the instruments that we have. But and you know you got to suspend disbelief and all that. Uh, good movie. I, I'll. I'm curious. It, it it hurts, man. It makes me feel bad. Like I wish, I it makes me wish that they hadn't gotten rid of uh, rid of Henry Cavill as Superman, because the last twenty minutes of Justice League that was the Superman that I really wanted. That was the one you all everybody always wanted. Everybody always wanted. Uh, you know the mopey, uh, angsty, confused, confused uh, Superman that we got. Uh, via, you know, uh, Zack Snyder, uh, you know, and I'm not crapping on it because I like Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder did what Zack Snyder does. Yeah, that's the tone. That's kind of what you expect. It's not his fault. And they, you know, Joss Whedon came in and maybe he's partially responsible for the lightness. You know, I don't know. But the costume was brighter. He was himself. And I, I would have loved to have seen another Superman movie. 
And God bless, man, why didn't they put Aquaman out and then Justice League? Stupid. It would have done them probably a lot better. Because they... Because they, Aquaman is really wrecking it right now. Clean it up. It's gonna, it's, it's going towards that billion dollar mark, that billion one, you know? <laughs> he knows how to make an action, and he can direct a movie. Well, and that, because that was, that was, that, those are the two things, that, and I know at some point I will get around to watching Aquaman yeah. because I did, I, wa I watched Batman versus Superman when it mm -hmm. came to HBO, I think, and I yeah. watched um, Justice League, and I watched Suicide Squad. I remember you being slow to Justice League, it feels like, too. Justice, Justice League was, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I will say Wonder Woman um, had some missteps, but Wonder Woman was a, it was a solid movie, it was right. well done, right. great casting, um, would have changed around some things with with um, David Thewlis cast as Ares, I didn't buy that, um, I would have done things a little differently there, but all in all it was a good solid movie, she was well cast. And then they did Justice League, where they brought in um, a kid that plays the Flash, and he was kind of a quirky. I don't. I mean, the, the Flash. The, my biggest thing with DC, the, all of DC's primary characters are, you know, C and D level characters. Except in the Batman. Universe. Yeah. You know. And then Batman, they have sad Affleck. You know, the, which he's apparently not coming back to do anymore. So Henry yeah, Cable's out. Affleck's out. You know, the, it's it's like that's your A team, right? You there. can't you can't get things rolling, and it's I mean it's there's, I mean even with I know I mean the Flash has had a successful television run. Sure. I don't know how you make a successful Flash movie. Yeah. I um, and I think that's why they backed off of that. Yeah, you know? and I would say I mean with and Cyborg, you doubled down on Cyborg in your Justice League movie, and it's when I was yeah. like, there's other people in the Justice League. Leave Cyborg to Teen Titans. Yeah, Cyborg belongs in Teen Titans. Teen yeah. Titans go to the movies. Fun. Fantastic movie. Enjoyed myself. Absolutely loved it. I've probably yeah. watched it four or five times now. I loved that movie. Yeah. And not just because of the Deadpool references. It was a, <laughs> it was a great movie. It was entertaining. <laughs> you all, be honest, you always give a movie an extra letter grade <laughs> just for a reference. Just saying Deadpool. Movies. All movies. If you make a Deadpool <laughs> reference, I will love you even more. <laughs> just talking about movies here. I will refer three friends to yeah. see the movie, even if it's, I know it's it. total crap. I'll probably see it a couple times. Hey, did you see the Deadpool reference? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did see that. It was weird. It just came out of nowhere. It was a, what? It was an elderly couple, and they were fighting brain cancer, and it was sad. And then they just turned to the screen and said, Deadpool. And I was just like, well, I don't even know why they did that. Yeah. But it made yeah. the movie that much better. C+. Plus. <laughs> but... And um, we've talked about it extensively before at yeah. work um, at uh, Dairy Queen, where we work. And Dairy um, Queen, yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll be working the, uh, the the toppings section of the Blizzard, and you'll you'll just kind of scream over. You know? Yeah, you'll scream. That's what it I too. do. Like it's I'll really scream. off putting to all the customers. Yeah, it freaks a <laughs> lot of people out. I've been written up a number of times just for screaming at the top of my lungs. No reason, but. Uh, DC movies give me a lot of reasons to scream. Yeah, they, they can. Yeah. But imagine if you were a huge DC fan. It's so. I don't I mean, even have a dog in the game, and like I, I just like in comic book movies. It would, it would be so disappointing to like you have these characters that you love, and you see this others like, hey, it's like your neighbor who's like the same as you're like, hey, why, why is that guy's life so much better than mine? And it's like all these great Marvel movies. It's not even like, oh, every Marvel movie is fantastic. It's like the things that they're doing with them, the way they put them out, the 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 care that they put into these movies you're just like you want to just go to Warner Brothers like hey 
Can you please not keep doing this? Can you stop making bad movies for us? We would like to have good movies. Because, yeah. I mean, like, within their universe, I mean, they have compelling And then characters. Warner Brothers is just like, nope. No, nope. we, we got to have eight people interfering at all times. Yeah. It's like, we'll, we'll, we'll spend $400 million, but we will not get a single person to trust. They, I mean, and there's qualified people out there that can write the stories, that know the characters, that would, you know, can translate that to um, people that will go see these movies. And yeah. they just don't do it. They don't put the time and they don't put the consideration. They well, what's see... the name of the guy who's the showrunner for all the shows? Is it Paul Dini? Or Paul is... Dini, yeah. He's yeah. a lot of the animated series he's uh, been integral in. And so he's... Was he also involved with Batman the Animated Series? Yep. Get and that Superman. guy, man. He knows what he's doing. Sure he does. But no, it's some... It's the frustrating thing with Warner Brothers, man. They'll like they will spend a boatload of money, but they will tinker and tinker and tinker and focus test and focus test and focus test. And then by the time they put it out, it's a miracle if it's good. Yeah. So they have two miracles on their hands, and as far as I'm concerned, I liked Wonder Woman uh, quite a bit, and uh, I will say that Aquaman is worthy of your dollar. The the second Wonder Woman, I think it's been pushed back, but I think that one will do well. And I'm actually I'm. As odd as it is for me to say, I'm excited this April to go see Shazam. Zachary Levi. Yeah, me too. If, if that's a hit, and if it's a if, if their expectations are modest, which I, I don't think it's a movie that they spent a bunch of money on. I don't think so either. They don't have a guy who they're paying a bunch of money to star in this thing. Um, even if it if it cracks like a million dollar, hundred million dollars, I think that'll be a big success. For I, I think it, I think it'll be a sleeper hit for DC. I think. Yeah. I think the the fact that they're going to take a little bit more humorous approach to it, yeah. um, I think will be. I think I think that one will get. What's good his name? Zach Levy. Zach, yeah, Zach Levi from uh, uh, Chuck. Chuck, yeah, this is a Chuck. funny show. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Yeah, he's really funny. I think he'll play he'll he'll play the character well. I feel yeah. like I, I like what I've seen. I I know some people scoff at the costume, but it's I think it's what it should be. Yeah. So it's anyway, a cartoony costume. I think that's it works. my ten. Aquaman number ten. Very right. good. Of course it's not working. It's been sitting here collecting dust since before the Sahara was a desert. Before the Sahara was a desert. <sighs> you do your best thinking when you're not thinking at all. All right. Nine, which is German for no. <laughs> um, no. And this one, this one for me, um, this, is, this is where I got down. I had three left. I had two slots left. And so it was, it was like, how, how am I going to do this? And... Um, I went, I went with a movie that really didn't do very well in theaters. Um, not a lot. Of, I mean, honestly, I think it, even when I say the title of it here momentarily is I'm building it up. Mm-hmm. I think people are like, I have no idea what movie he's talking about. Um, You're teasing no, it so I'm well. teasing it. <laughs> like, just tell me what it is, oh, man. Oh, God, I'm seething. Peppermint. Oh, Peppermint. Peppermint made, made my top ten. I remember you showing up at uh, the Dairy Queen. Yes. Talking about how you surprised Shouting you about it. Positively. <laughs> oh, my God, Peppermint. Ah. Jennifer Garner was wonderful. <laughs> this, at the beginning of the year, because I was I was so bummed at the end of 2017 when they pushed uh, Death Wish back um, to March of this past year. And so when, when it finally came out, and I saw Death Wish twice in theaters, mm-hmm. back in the heyday of Movie Pass when it actually worked. Um, oh God! We'll those tell glory our, days. We'll tell our grandchildren about movie. Pass. I remember when movie <laughs> we really pass will. Worked. Oh wait, I know why you love this movie so much. <laughs> Method Man. He's in it. It's the secret Briefly. sauce, man. He's he's in it really briefly for 
I don't even know why. Is that Method Man? It's like that's how I see all Method Man in, like in movies. Like I'm always like for like a minute. I'm like, was that Method Man? Unless you watch the movie How High, which is fantastic. I can't miss him in that. It's it's front and center, all Method Man, all Red Man, and it's a great movie. So I'm and, just plugging How High. And the soundtrack, Method great. Man. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, Pepper. Um, tell tell uh, I haven't seen it yet. It's one I haven't seen. It's it's. In today, we we have we have a staple of today's cinema: the action movie, the revenge. You know, you know, the somebody gets wronged and they sure. come back and they kill all the bad guys. Death, a la Death Wish. You were making a point. You were yes. you were you were not just rambling. So we had death. They gave us Death Wish, which is honestly one. I mean, the Charles Bronson Death Wish franchise started strong. One of the best revenge killer movies of all time. Guy loses his wife. Guy loses a daughter. Goes it got out. Golden Globus. Yeah, he was a yeah. great movie. So we get Eli Roth, who's a super violent guy. Played the the bear the Jew. The bear Jew. He was the bear Jew. <laughs> Teddy Williams knocks it out of the ballpark. <laughs> He's known for extreme violence. Yes, he is. And he the, oh so all oh, the casting no they cast Bruce Willis in an Eli Roth movie about killing people. And I think I it just scared like, some people. I was like, what? It, this is not, like so not good. And it was just like, it took so long. And so in Peppermint, in Peppermint, you have um, part of part of I think what did not do well was the title. Oh yeah, I agree. Uh, it's not a great title. Is this uh, like a Willy Wonka spinoff? It's it, it's weird. It's mentioned one time in the movie, and the, uh, the what the movie does is it starts and it just gets going. Boom, boom. What would you have called it? I'm gonna put you on the spot. Um, I would have called it Jennifer Garner kills everyone. And Nailed it. <laughs> Would you, you make know, it an acronym? You know what Jennifer Garner does in this movie? She kills everyone, and it's fantastic. All people without prejudice. She the she's got chops too, man. Like you, you may remember her from Alias. Alias. She, knows, she can be an action star. And she uh, she's I was, been like lingering as Ben Affleck's wife for a decade, which uh, is honestly an insult to her because she is a solid actress. Yeah, she's. I mean, she could do a lot of different stuff. She had a family. Um, she raised kids. Yeah, God love her. The, the she's she's just doing Mastercard commercials. Or whatever. And the the movie the movie kicks off. She's just a mom. She's just some lady, um, and uh, she works at a bank. Her husband is uh, is a mechanic. They have a daughter, um, and there's there's and they don't they really don't linger on a lot of like well how did this happen well what's yeah. the backstory and it's one of those it's, what's nice about it is you don't have to care. Sure. You know, you showed Good for up them like, for understanding. Yeah, <laughs> and even like because what happens is she goes off the grid. The guys who the guys who gun down her husband and daughter in cold blood, which is not the opposite you, of warm yeah. blood. Yeah, most it's blood the way is, I want to go. Most blood is inside of a human's body is actually warm, <laughs> unbeknownst to the medical community. Uh, <laughs> they haven't is, figured that one out yet. Yeah. No. <laughs> They're still working on it. <laughs> They're not ready to write the like, papers. That should yet. be like day two, guys. Like day one, your skin. Ooh, day this, two, this blood. Blood is warm. <laughs> this is warm. It should probably cold. stay in the body because it's cooling off. It's getting cold. <laughs> but the, her her family is murdered in cold blood. Yes. And she sees the guys that did it, and it's the the whole thing is there's corruption. The judge is corrupt. The the attorney for the these guys is corrupt, so it's and it's all everyone's paid out. off. Everyone's paid off, yeah. and so she sees this machine that's you know going to let the people who murdered she knows murdered her family let them go, and so she escapes, and she steals some money, 
and she just disappears for five years. Yeah. And then poof, like, I mean, you're not even 20 minutes into the movie. Bam, we've got, then she shows back up. And she just shows back up and starts killing the bad guys. Nice. And I'm gonna I'm gonna seek this movie out. It, it, it in a way it reminds me, and in a way it doesn't. But uh, Long Kiss Goodnight, like Gina Davis, very similar. You know, she she's she was assassin all along, but she forgot because she, did, she yeah. was in a coma or whatever. And she's she does the housewife thing, you know, and she very aptly plays a killer, man, yeah, a badass killer, and she's transformed by the end of that movie. So I dig that. It was cool, and it, it's. I mean, that's that's what's fun about it is it's, it's one of those where like you know what it is going into it, mm-hmm. you don't have super high expectations because you you know like you, you're like I just want to see somebody, you know, I think because there's everybody especially anybody who's a parent anybody who has people. Oh God, good point. You, I mean, you, you just like if somebody did that to you because that's why that's that's why we are drawn to these or I'm drawn to these in some form or fashion. Yeah. If you and if you, you know muddle through any part of that thought process you're like oh if somebody did something to people i knew i'd want to get them and so when you see it happening you're like your immediate family that's what i'd probably do i think maybe i would disappear i would slim down a bit i would get a bowflex and i I would would hit that a lot (laughs) i have a lot of slimming i could do See, no, I would probably do the opposite. I would disappear for five months and just eat myself to just death. Bulk, bulk up. <laughs> no, no, I would get fatter. I would I would just die with that's a cheeseburger hanging out of my mouth, if I'm being real. But yeah, that's 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 cool. Uh, yeah. I will I haven't seen that one. I will definitely check it out. And uh, it's a solid flick in my opinion. Sounds like it deserves my time. I've watched it three or four times so far. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> You don't remember me, do you? Fuck you! Fuck! Shall we move on to my number nine? Let's do it. Let's do it. Number nine is when I saw it in the trailers at first, I was instantly intrigued because all they had to say was J.J. Abrams, and instantly I'm like, oh. Um, But I had reservations. I was like, there's no way that this movie is going to be as good as I'm thinking it will be. And I'm thinking about, or I'm talking about the movie Overlord, which just sort of came out of nowhere. You know, J.J. Abrams didn't direct it, but it's it's done by his production company, Bad Robot. Bad Robot. Yeah, so, and, and it looks beautiful, and there's that quality to it. Like, he definitely, you know, was shepherding this thing. Like, he didn't just, you know, do the, you know, Gus Van yeah. Sant counting money. Um, and if you, if you had, it, it came out around, um, I think it came out around uh, November. I was going to say, I think it was November. It just kind of, like, plopped down in November. It didn't stand a chance and it didn't make anything. It was criminally overlooked and I was just like, you know, chatting with some, you know, like tweeting back and forth with some people and there's this person who said, oh my God, Overlord is good. Don't don't sleep on Overlord. And I went and saw it and I was, I was having a blast with that thing. It's just, it, it has, it has elements that's going to hook me in almost every time. It's, it's a war movie and man, it starts out great. It's like, near saving private ryan drama with with this opening sequence like it just grabs you by the scruff and lifts you up and it's just like you're in for a ride man and uh you know the main star is this kind of pacifist type guy which is perfect for really like world war ii and you know and that's it it's like a world war ii movie and uh crazy nazis I love a movie with crazy not your Nazis. Not sane Nazis. No, not those. Not not those Nazis. I mean the the occult loving ah. science crazy experiment Nazis, and it's filled with those. 
And it's essentially just kind of like a monster flick. It's really all it is. Um, have you seen Overlord? No, I, I remember it kind of I had like this shroud of mystery around yeah. it to where it was like it kind of implied that it was, it was maybe a monster movie, maybe a zombie movie, it's some, some kind of hybrid. But I remember that being kind of like I, I didn't know... I had a general idea of what might be going on there, but not yeah. entirely sure how to interpret it. I don't think it will take, you know, it, it's not, it doesn't take too many crazy leaps and turns, but it, it's enough to where it keeps you interested. And you're not, you're not just like, call that, call that, call that. You may be a little bit, but they, they do, there, there are some nice surprises. And the movie looks so good. And I don't think it probably, I don't think it costs a lot of money. For one, they start with, Saving on stars, like there's really nobody too notable in it. Yeah, except for Bo Keem Woodbine. Oh well, yeah, he's Bo he's Keem phenomenal. Woodbine. But he's barely in it. He's barely in it. That would be enough to ruin it for me if I knew he was in it. But only, I mean, yeah, kind of like Method Man. You're only going to use him a little bit. Why? Yeah, he's in like the first five minutes of the movie. But he's great in it. Like he I really need more Bo Keem. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't give it. I'm to sorry. You. He no. was he was he was too expensive for the budget. Like well, you, you can have me for one day on set. I'll be your. I'll drive past and wave. You can film that. But I'm sure there, there are a lot of people that you will like. Go. I know that guy from something. There's, there's a ton of those guys in the movie. I like those kind of guys. Yeah, they're great guys. Character actors. Who cares if we're fat, right? Yeah. <laughs> Patton, Brian Dennehy. Mm-hmm. We know. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. So I, I'm not going to get into the plot of it because it's just better off that you discover it for yourself. Uh, but it, it. It's it's adrenaline filled. It it has a twenty eight days quality to it. Um, they That's they what, shoot it in a style yeah. that just feels very fast and and like things are things are happening constantly and it slows down here and there just to great effect. And like boom boom boom, we're gonna slow down. We're gonna have some tense moments for a little while. I can dig it. And then it it, it ramps back up and it has like a crazy ending. So you know, cool. They premise. all get married. Yeah, I mean, it, it. no kidding, I, I was not expecting the war element to be so good. It is a legit war movie. Like, I, I just, I was th- expecting nothing but monsters. And honest, to be, to, be, to be honest with you, they don't even reveal monsters until, like, it's kind of like um, uh, From Dust Till Dawn. It okay. feels almost like two movies. Hardcore, playing it, like, straight up um, war movie, crazy doc Nazis, monster flick towards the end and like totally it. satisfying ending and the, the effects look all really good so i i don't know how they you know whoever was the director of that movie I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be looking after them you know he's, he was definitely i feel like he might be a star on the rise his star might be on the rise anyways that's my number nine and it, isn't it funny that we have i think with the exception of halloween we have not seen yeah Yo, that's <laughs> how many movies, but good movies. We movie. watch a lot. We watch a lot of movies. We watch a lot of movies. So, like, if we say, if three out of the four movies, one of us is like, I haven't seen that, that's kind of crazy. Julius Avery, the director. Julius Avery. And what is he known for anything um, in the past that may be notable? Son of a Gun, Jerry Can, and Yardbird. Okay, so this movies. is a new, this is, yeah, no and, and I, I, it sucks because, like I say, the movie was not successful. And you know there there was a bit put behind it like they they probably ex- were hoping for like a hundred million, but I it 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 got bounced fast. And by the you know by the time like late November by the time like you know Harry Potter movies are not Harry Potter but the uh, Fantastic Beast movies are yeah. coming out it was done. Stick a fork in it. It had like two weeks to make its hay, and it didn't. So it's yeah, the budget it says here budget was estimated thirty eight million dollars on opening weekend. Thirty eight million. Thirty eight million was that's the budget. A, that's incredible. 
it blows my mind when I see a movie that costs like two hundred million and like they can make a movie look that good for thirty eight million. Yeah, it's got to just be like the actors. The actors. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, Adam, uh, that's my number nine, Overlord. All right, good movie, fun. I'll I'll be watching it again. Three months ago, I was cutting grass in my front yard. And the mailman shows up with a letter from the army. Now I'm here. No idea where I'm gonna end up. All right. Um, let's see here. All right, so number eight. Number eight? The Ocho. The... As they say. Oh, that's your the name of the movie was the Ocho. The Ocho. <laughs> like, was that Mel Gibson? What the hell was no, that? Was get the Gringo. The Ocho. <laughs> I'm just. I'm, I have a water skiing squirrel. Get the Gringo head. was was actually a pretty decent movie. Sure, that's so, what I hear. I, I've I've seen it. I enjoyed it. Um, number eight for me, um, and this, even though this is number eight, um, I went back and forth between this and another. It's a comedy. Um, uh, tag. Oh, okay, good. I, th- this was this movie started out of my ten, got pushed out by my late viewing. You know, got pushed out. I went because, uh, and I'll go. Oh, this I have five honorable mentions. I'll, I'll throw a couple more out probably at the end. Yeah. But at this point, I got down to tag and game night. Oh um, God, yes, good call, man. Me too. It was it was tough because uh, to me they were both um, kind of um, underestimated comedies yeah. that had a lot of heart. Very um, a lot of heart. Sure. And I, I tag tag to, more so though tag that's and that's where tag edged it out for yeah. the number eight spot for me, um, and it was it was it was fun because it's based it's based on an actual story. Yeah, they tagged the, the end uh, of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that always makes it more. Enjoyable. So and, and it was I mean it was a great cast. Um, they had some they had some I'll say they had some some solid strong comedic Jake actors. Johnson, man, I love the guy's I'm, on a roll. He is he's really making a name for himself, and, I, I, and I'm I'm happy because Jake Johnson is a fantastic actor he's a great comedic presence for sure um ed helms was uh, I, always reliable I, I liked i felt like this is one of if not the first time he was a really strong lead in a comedy so i really enjoyed that i like that he had the hot girl he and uh, isla fisher as, i love as isla his, fisher God as his wife her. it was great um she's 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 a really good go-to you need to drop that zero borat and come yeah. Stay at my place where I won't be able to Sasha, touch you because I'm married. But I'm not, and I live underneath his house, so that's totally fine. <laughs> Works. There's room down there. Yeah. So, uh, but they, no, 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 babe, no, no, babe, no. It's the Isla Fisher connection. That's we have to. Hot Rod. Ugh. Legally obligated. Legally. Goodbye. Babe, wait. Babe, wait. Babe, wait. Babe. Babe, wait! Babe! 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 Babe, wait! Babe, no! Babe, no! Babe, no! Babe! 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 No, babe! Wait! Should I have that clip right there? I think you should put that clip again. Okay, I'm going to have to. We're going to use that clip again. That's going to be one of our hooks. we got to, like, work that clip in. I'll never get tired of that. We can do it. Are there two guys that can work that clip in <laughs> gratuitously over and over and over? These you can guys. count on us. I'm going to retroactively repost the first episode. Yeah. We're just going to put it in weird places, too. Like, hey, I thought he was going to put in a clip of Schindler's List. 
He's using a clip from Hot Rod. This seems really important. This is I the Paul care. Rudd clip portion yeah. of our show. <laughs> yeah, this is our kid in a wheelchair falling down. God, I love that. I'm totally fine with it. This is, that's a great <laughs> I don't clip. care. I really don't care. Come out. Sully, you chode. <laughs> I'll just throw. I'll just sit here. I'll sit here for an hour and just quote that movie. And be like, I thought, did the podcast end? It's like, no, it's literally just me doing quotes from Hot Rod for an hour. Again? I'll do that. I'll they do did that. that again? God. Like, oh, <laughs> it's going to do anything different. Why, no. why am I subscribed to this podcast? This, I've made some poor choices. Yeah. This one's not one of them, though. No, it's not. No, it's a great choice. But yeah, um, Ed Helms, uh, Jeremy Renner, who, yeah. you know, he, he's one of those guys similar to John Hamm where they, they just really, you can tell they want to be in funny stuff. And they have the capability being like you know Jeremy Renner had a funny little cameo in the house. Yep. Uh, he 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 wants to be funny like Harrison Ford. It's just those guys who are just they they're famous for being dramatic actors, but they, they you can tell they they like they find that they think of themselves as funny, and they can be funny. And they in the do right circumstances. They, they do what they do well. Yeah. In a funny way because he his his role in the movie is because it's all it almost sticks out that he's I mean because he, he's very action star ish sure yeah in his role in this movie but it, it's a, applied comedically and the same thing with John Hamm it's like he's he's far more of a dramatic actor and he I mean he really he competes with uh, Jake Johnson for Rashida Jones's affection ah, Rashida it, Jones. it just I mean it's a great uh, it's the dynamics, and that's what that's what really made it. It so feels great. lived in, like they really. <coughs> I would buy them all as friends already. Yeah, they, Hannibal they, Burris. Oh, he was usually always reliable for a laugh. He was fantastic because I mean they just sprinkled him on top. Yeah. Um, you that's know, all like my my Hannibal. The uh, one one of my favorite my favorite little scenes in the movie is when they're at the uh, uh, they're at the the little party uh, the, um, and um, uh, Ed Helms wants him. All right, let's guys, let's all. Let's synchronize our watches. And John Hamm, he goes, he he goes to do it. And then he's like, all right. And then Jake Jones is like, I don't have a watch. And then Hannibal Burris is like, time is a construct. And like, that was just that that degradation of the joke as it goes through these three. That's quick so true. I was just like, this is perfect. This is great writing. It this is, is great writing. Perfect. Great writing nailed by great performers. Yes. Um, and then it it comes together in the end in a really heartfelt way that makes the whole story just. Yeah, there's a reason why he's Jeremy Renner's character is the way he is. Yeah, because he's just been that guy for so long, and he 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 was willing to throw away. And uh, by the way, big big like shout out to his wife who was so who was if possible even more competitive and, yeah. and proud of the record. Leslie Bibb is that Leslie Bibb? Yeah, yeah, she she's a terrible person in this movie. Yes, <laughs> you know, it, but you know. Still, by the end, like you don't hate her that much. No, they they bring it back. She's just really like it's it's like almost like a someone who's really into somebody only because they're a famous football player. Yeah, that just seems to be his claim to fame. It's just never been tagged, and and he he escapes people in amazing slow motion sequences. The, the, and that's the comedic element. That's Hawkeye. It's oh, and, you know that is really Hawkeye. It's really well done. He might as well be notching a bow and arrow. Yeah. But it, it's it's really well done. They they only go to that well a handful of times, and uh, you you see like one of those in in the trailer. And but his inner monologue as he's the inner monologue is good. Like, oh. It's like the Sherlock Holmes yeah, kind of like. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's really good. Tag's a great movie. I'm glad you put it in your list. I felt bad for not kicking it out. If I had done my list just a week ago, it would have been in there, in the middle of the pack. Almost. Yep. So that that's just how good that movie is. It's 
just really strong. And as you said, game night. Maybe we, we could maybe say a word or two about game night yep. towards the end. But uh, that, yeah, they were two comedies that were released in the summertime. And, uh, you know, you, you, Laura loved it too, by the way. It was one of her favorite movies of the year. And she's a tough critic. I think I think I had a, a movie night with uh, my sister and brother in law and my mom and dad just to show them that movie because yeah. I've I've built as a, I mean it's a great date night movie the sure just, yeah I mean it's a movie that's really enjoyable because the women in the movie are just as like competitive and nasty yeah. you know like Isla Fisher's character is so good she's, she's fantastic. a phenomenal character in that movie and I loved she ate up scenery in every scene she was in. Like every twenty minutes, Isla Fisher's gonna do something hilarious and crazy, and I loved and, it for it. And no, nobody really, nobody stepped on each other's toes. That yeah. was one of the things that was that was concerning when I first saw trailers. Like, okay, you got a really good big ensemble cast, but sure. if these guys are stepping on top of each other and they're eating up laughs, yeah. you're gonna cannibalize the film. But it really, it didn't. It it hit, I think, on every note in my book. Just I've been bitten. I, I've been burned what I meant to say. I've been burned many, many times seeing a trailer for a movie where there's so many hilarious people and your mind instantly goes to like, oh, this movie's going to be great. And it's just flat because there, there's no cohesiveness to it. The story is good and they, like you said, they all, they, they're just constantly setting each other up with assists. And uh, just like a good basketball team, like you're just going to yeah. play better if you're, you know, passing the ball and yep. assisting, you know, guys are going to get open. You're going to get more spectacular dunks and plays. You're just going to be a better team. And that, that was where Game Night kind of missed a little bit. Is it had, I mean, um, uh, what's her face? Rachel McAdams and uh, Jason Bateman, they really clicked well together. Yeah. But the rest of, and the rest of their group was good too. It was just one of those, it was harder because, um, I mean, there's a couple of faces that are familiar. They each had a note and they were hitting that note. Yeah. So, yeah, I know what you mean. Cool. And yeah. anything we, else we can say about Tag? If you haven't seen it, seen it, then go see it. I'll second that. It's yeah. really good. And again, Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson, since you're watching this, I know you're watching this. We know we're for a fact you're watching we this. We know for a fact you're watching <laughs> this. We love you, too. Dad, Dad what month is it? May. Mm-mm. You're not getting by me. Ah! Ah! Oh! Anna, are you okay? Okay. All right, so my number eight. Number eight. Uh, this Leo movie, uh, this this movie kept getting, like, drop. it kept dropping down the list, but I would not let it get out of the list. Like, I, I didn't care. This movie was, the minute I saw it, I was like, that is one of my favorite movies of the year. And it's called Eighth Grade. And um, it it's just an adorable movie. With uh, stars a young girl who, you know, I, I think she's been in some other stuff, but yeah, she she's just this real person, and her dad, who's a real person, Bo Burnham, right? He directed uh, it. He directed it. Yeah, Bo he wasn't. Directed. He didn't play the dad. That's not what I mean. Josh Hamilton. Is that his name? I'll look it up. I don't know, but he's he's enjoyable. Like yeah. I, anytime he's in something, he's I a like great him. dad. He's a great dad in the in the movie. It, it's this girl, and it almost, it's so well acted and so well written, you really honestly feel like you're just sort of spying in on this girl's life. You know, she she desperately wants to be a YouTube star. And maybe part of that, too, is like, I don't desperately want to be a YouTube star, but as a content creator, that really, like, kind of, like, I related immediately. And you're, you're putting on this fakeness, like, you know, in show business, it's like fake it till you make it, or in, in life in general. 
So she's she's putting on this, you know, charade that she's this popular girl and she's actually giving advice. She's she's basically reaching out to herself. Yeah. You know, if you think about it really. She has her YouTube channel, which is not popular. So it's, that's not what, you know, it's not going there. It's not this big successful thing. It's way different than this one. Way different. Like, this two one. people watch her channel. Like, channel. Yeah. like, there's nobody that's watching it. Like, real life. Like, people don't really get to your channel. So, but, you know, she's trying so hard, and she's really given good advice. But what happens in the movie, and it, it's a good payoff towards the end, you know, she she is she allows herself to be honest with herself. Yep. And she's like, you know what? I'm not this person, and... I don't know why I think why I thought I should be giving you advice when I'm a mess myself. Yeah. She's, you know, the 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 relationship between her and her dad, dad felt so real. And there there's that scene towards the end of the movie where they're kind of, you know, talking, you know, like a real father would. Cuz he's he's just so proud of her. Oh, I I lost it. Oh man. It, it's like a you know, like if you're a parent as we are and you know, it it's like, "Oh my god, I I you, your kids just look up to you so much when they're little, and you know those teenage years are coming, and she's like, what, is she like a sophomore or junior in high school, something like that? She's, uh, yes. Actually, uh, no, I was reading, when she... Oh, it's eighth grade! What am when, I, when what she, am I, stupid? And uh, just her personally, yeah. when she finished, she had just finished eighth grade Yeah. when she filmed this movie, so she was age-appropriate for her. Eighth grade is such a hard time in your life. I mean, you think back to when you were going to middle school and you were in eighth grade, and everything about you is like your body is changing, you're, you're socially awkward, everybody is. There's, there's those handful of people that are popular, and they will be those people that will be popular all throughout high school. And they never change, you know. They're just always that person. But the people like her, the, the beautiful on the inside people, they become better people. And, yeah. and, you know, like they, they have better lives because they deal with the, their emotions in a healthy way. And that scene that I'm talking about, when he's when he's saying like, I I just I'm in awe of you. Like I, you know, she she's so she's so she doubts herself so much, and she's constantly pushing her dad away throughout the whole movie. Yeah, you know, he's he's there at every turn and never giving up, never never encouraging her, and she pushes him away, pushes him away. Like the scene also broke my heart where like he fought, he kind of follows her to the mall. To the mall. Yeah, and he's just as a dad, he's just trying to make sure. That everything's okay, but you know she spots him, and I was just like, "Oh my God, this is gonna be me! I'm gonna do this!" And he yeah. really wasn't spying to spy; he was just wanted to make sure. He, he wanted just, to make sure she and was it's okay. Just, of course, she just wanted to push back further, and you know, at, at you know at the bonfire, or whatever, you know, they 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 it, they they let the movie have kind of a happy ending. I'll say it's a really genuinely sweet ending. A lot of movies would not do that. No. A lot of movies, for just shock, would have her, had her committing suicide. And I was so worried, and it would have torn me to pieces if that's what she would have done. But no, she had a very grown-up realization that, you know, she's okay with not being popular and famous, and her body's not like the, you know, the girls who... Those girls were so mean... Cause she just she's so brave. Like she would go up and try to talk to him in the locker room, and they would she'd put they, herself out there. Yeah. They'd hardly ever like look away from their phone. Like just, they're so they're so put out just by having to like not look at their phone. And I think, man, this is like your kids. This is what they're gonna go through. Most kids are hurt. Most kids are yeah. not those popular kids. So it's really refreshing to see this movie 
Like I would, I would, it, I would advise a parent to show this movie to your kid. Yeah. Just to like let them know, like it's okay, man. You're, yeah. You're gonna put yourself out there and fail, and you know you may be humiliated even at some point in your life, but that's okay because school ends eventually. And that's the hard thing for people to learn, I guess. When you're when you're when you're young, and it feels like you get to the end of school. It feels like your life's not over. But you know, like, what 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 do you do from here? Like, it just seems so. That just seems life seems so long. And it's good to see a movie like this. It'd be good for a young kid to see a movie like this. To take it easy, step back, understand, trust your parents. You know, if any, if there's a message, just trust your parents. And parents trust your kid because you know this this girl. She was a really smart cookie, you know. And she, I, I'm glad that it, it ended the way it did. Like you said, yeah. it's a very sweet ending, and I don't want to give it away. But uh, it, it's man, it's just it's that movie. It's every year there there seems to be a movie where it's just I'm 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 joyful watching it. If there's if there's a movie that I actually really hope gets. Um, critical reception now that we're in award season and, yeah. and the um, Academy Awards come out next month, which I don't give much credence to, but I, I think this one... Especially after last year. Yeah, I think this one is genuinely deserving of of critical reception. because, uh, And I'm, I'm a big Bo Burnham fan. I love his yeah, stand-up yeah, comedy. Yeah, yeah. And he, he started as a YouTube sensation. Um, when he was when he was younger, that was where he started. He was doing. He, oh, is that his his uh, that was his, like inspiration? That I was his entrance into uh, pop cultures. He had um, he would go on there and he would he wrote he did funny songs and he would do his shtick and he would do his comedy and that's where he ended up getting to be relatively successful from. And uh, in his last um, Netflix special, he did uh, Happy. Uh, there's there's a real dynamic there, and I actually found out he directed. Um, Chris Rock's most recent uh, uh, stand-up comedy special on Netflix, mm. Tambourine. Gotcha. There's there's a real honesty to um, what he while he he understands and even comments on it in the last. The he's last a young song. guy too. Yeah, he's in his uh, late twenties, I think yeah. now. Yeah, I think he was born nineteen ninety um, or ninety one, one of the two. Um, yeah. But he uh, he there's a lot of depth. He's he appreciates and understands. There's a character. There's a persona that's on stage. But for him, there's so much more to it. There's all these other things. And knowing those things about him, because one of the things they did with this film, because people people started saying, well, this film's rated R, and it's about eighth grade. Oh, yeah. um, eighth graders wouldn't be allowed entrance into theaters. And yeah, one, that's a good point. One of the things they did is they had they had one theater in every state. It was I think it was a one-night show, and they had one theater in every state, all 50 states, where it, the showing was free. They just had like to because I looked. I remember reading about it. It was over in Lexington, at one theater, and there was no age restriction. They wouldn't. They weren't going to card anybody if you were under seventeen. Why was it rated R? Now I don't remember. Was it just language? I think it was language. Okay. Um, and and the thing the thing that I mean along the lines of what you're saying is if you had an eighth grader, if you had I mean you know seventh and eighth grader, sixth grader might you know, some of the some of the stuff might be a little early, but at the same time it's not. You know, there's there's a lot of really great things. You yeah, can... and if you are a parent, you're thinking about showing this to your kid. There there is an uncomfortable scene where she's in uh, alone with the boy. Yeah, and he does that thing that you know, he, he doesn't do it, but yeah, you know, you'd have to have that. You'd have to be prepared to have that discussion. There's there's some there's some. I mean, there's some potentially awkward but really great conversation starters. Yeah, you know, if you're if you know, because that was one of the things that I really took away from it. I was like, 
there's so many things in here that if you were, if the, you're, I mean, the idea is you sit there and it would be super awkward to sit there with your kid. Yeah. But it's one of those, like, the kind of relationship that the dad wanted to have with Kayla throughout the entire movie is really the kind of relationship that you would sit through something awkward yeah. to then talk about it because you wanted that closeness with your kid. Because it was, I mean, it really was, um, it, it was just, I mean, from start to finish, like you, you have. I mean, there were there were moments where like your heart just broke for this oh, girl. Yes. And then there were. I mean, there were there were several. I mean, two or three times I remember specifically where I was literally laughing out loud because it was just so funny. Yeah. And it was just it was <laughs> it was so well done. Yeah. And then it comes together in this in this great sweet packaging where you're like, yeah, this is just all around a great movie. I'm just so glad they didn't do that thing at the end where like like I said, so many <clears> people would just be tempted to do. Make just it shotsy or, you know, just pull the rug out from it. I was like, no, we're just, we're yeah. going to take this. We're going to run with it. We're going to make it real. It was, I, I felt like it was, and in a lot of ways, I felt like it was unfortunately true to life. I felt like the struggles and the things that this eighth grade girl's going through, these are, I mean, miles away from the struggles I went through in eighth grade. Yeah. I mean, there's things generationally, the awkwardness, the cha- all of those changes, figuring out who you are, all those things, those will be repetitive, but as they repeat through generations... There's new hurdles, new well, obstacles. technology and things are gonna always throw. Yeah, you know, like it, it's difficult as a person. Like, I mean, you know, we 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 didn't grow up with the internet and social media and stuff. We we were just having this conversation in our in my other show that I do. Um, we we just but but we've used it. We've been a user of it for a consumer of it for twenty years. But we're never, you know, it's just impossible to think. It's naive to think that you you can understand what an actual young person how yeah. they'll adapt to the social media, man. I I fear it I, so much. It it it's gonna be tough. It's gonna yeah. be brutal. And I I commend young people who deal with that because everything's written in ink online. Yeah. You know you you can't say something didn't happen because young people just everybody's got proof. It not even just young people, grown ass adults just can't resist the you know that that you know split second of just putting your thoughts out there online and if you're a professional sometimes you pay for that with your job you, you know relationships just the, the court of public opinion you just never know man yeah it's tough yeah just look at um what's his face um the guy who was going to host the oscars kevin and, hart yeah kevin hart i mean he 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 they're trying he, to bring he, him back yeah they well i think they're not going to have a host or, right oh uh, that was the last i heard they were just not going to have a host but you know, there there were people coming to his defense. It's like, yeah, man, he 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 was operating under this kind of situation where he was saying homophobic things, but for comedy's sake, and you don't know whether or not he truly believed it. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But he apologized for it. He owned it, and you know, he had to go back. And he's he's just constantly having to apologize. And I can imagine if you're somebody who if you're a proud person and it's difficult to apologize and be sincere, it's a difficult thing to have somebody pour their heart out with an apology and be sincere and have everyone accept it multiple times. Just whenever someone feels like bringing it up again. And he just refused to do it. Well, and it, one, one of the things, well, you know, while we're on the topic, is I, the there's this weird standard that we hold these people to anyways. It's what I'm like, yeah. at any given moment that I wouldn't think or do a hundred different stupid things that I would regret and, oh, I wish I didn't say that. I wish I hadn't done that. Wish, but then, like, to be held to this, you know, years later, it's like, 
okay, I'm you know, ten years ago. I'm not. I'm, no, I'm not the same person I was ten yeah. years ago. Who is? I mean, so it's like. I mean, like that, that's one of those things. Like, because I mean, people even because Ellen was one of the people that jumped to his defense. Yeah, good for her. And and people turned on Ellen. They did. And I'm like, she's your leader. What? <laughs> you can't turn on her. Otherwise, you have no leader. Yeah. But she was like, no, because she appreciated. It's like, okay, this isn't a guy who conducts himself in a day-to-day way that is hateful towards that group of people. I mean, yeah. like he said or did, you know, I was like, it's one of those, and you're like, this is years ago, guys. Like, no, he shouldn't have to forfeit this opportunity simply because he said this years ago. And so, I and just, oh, by the way, he did apologize. Yeah, it's like, you know. okay, this is, if, I mean, and I think we should be able to distinguish between Harvey Weinstein, the king of scumbags, the the Lord of scumbags. I mean, like the yeah. highest echelon, the zenith of scum. Yeah. And a, somebody who said something in a tweet. I mean, because well, we've talked about it a number of times yeah. about James Gunn. Sure, sure. Having to pay that piper over and over and over, and yeah. putting Guardians of the Galaxy three in jeopardy and whatnot. It's like, sure. It's just. I mean, I mean, a whole successful line of movies is in jeopardy because of. I, don't, I really don't want to get into that discussion because, like you said, I we, do. Stop we, it. <laughs> The rest of the podcast will be very serious and dealing okay. with Okay, God, what are we doing? We're doing a list. <laughs> We're just doing a list. Well, we just deviated. We took we a deviated, tangent. For sure. Guys, don't stop listening because we're not a political podcast. This is a very political but, podcast. But, you know, sometimes you have strong feelings about yes. this. And, you know, I... Eighth grade brings them out. I am a straight white male. My opinions doesn't count. They don't count. Uh, no, they do count, but you know what I mean. Like, I... it. it who am I to... Speak for the feelings of someone who's not like me. I get that. But it's it's also very hard for me. Why can't we all just get along? I've heard that somewhere before. Is that Rodney King? I don't know. It was a bumper sticker. <laughs> a bumper there. sticker said that? A bumper sticker said it to me. Anyway, but eighth grade, wonderful movie. And uh, I, that was not going to be on my list. I don't care what had to get off there. Yep. Anyways, uh, that was my number eight, Adam. That sounded kind of fun. Kennedy doesn't like me. That can't be true. Cool. Sometimes kids act like they don't like you, but it's really just because they got their own stuff going on and they don't. What's your number seven? Oh, uh, my number seven. This is a this is a movie I know we're both familiar with. It's eighth grade. <laughs> Let's do it all again. We're just gonna now it's back onto the soapbox. Yeah. God, we're I gonna know, go back into political town. I know what you're thinking. Babe, no. No, babe, babe no, no. No. We did it again. We did it again. Great. So we can just go right to my seven. Go right to your seven. Eighth grade. uh, It's the first movie of ours to to overlap. Overlap. Great movie, man. And right there, your eight, my seven. Back to back. 78, 87. Yeah. Okay. My number seven is, you know, I feel a little guilty for putting this movie on because it's, it's, you know, it's fluff. It's Ready Player One. It was a great movie. I like that movie. And I know I was a fan of the book. And I know you, you know, you were too. Mm-hmm. And right off the bat, I went into the movie understanding that it couldn't possibly be what I wanted it to be. It just couldn't. We saw that movie together. We did. We did. Actually. Um, it, it's, it's funny because in the movie, there's this scene where the, with the whole, um, uh, oh gosh, the Kubrick movie, um, Oh. Why am I blanking? This happens all the time. When I'm <laughs> on camera, I blank. The Shining. The Shining. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so they, they have this like little moment where like one of the clues was something like 
it's something where they didn't more or less pointing out the fact that Kubrick was not or King was not a fan of Stephen Kubrick's King version of that movie. movie. Yeah. So and in this case, you had a movie where it. And the author's not, it wasn't that case because he was involved in making the he movie. He was heavily involved, yeah. But it, what I'm saying is the book is never going to be the movie. The movie's never going to be the book. Sometimes they get close. They went, they took the route of we're going we're gonna to shove some pop culture reference stuff in because, by the way, this is what you loved about the book so much. And we're going we're gonna to try and stick to that formula and we're going to try and have a story. And I, I thought it worked fine. It did. It gave me chills a few like the first the the scene with the DeLorean where he's driving it to the you know the to try and get past God, uh, not Godzilla Donkey not Donkey Kong King uh, Kong King Kong thank you and one of those donkeys one of those Kongs a Kong yeah but it was it was basically to get the first key and they get right into it like you know they they right away right away you know so like tons of the book right there you know they kind of skip past and I you know you're always disappointed when you're reading a book or listening to a book on Audible and they're describing it in such a wonderful way. And you're like, oh my God. I, one of the things that I was really looking forward to was like, I can't wait for that scene where they're in the cave and Percival uh, plays death on a game of Joust. joust. Like, I, I just was like, oh my God, I, I, I want to see that scene so bad. And guess what? It wasn't in the movie. It wasn't in the movie. You were Not at all. See it. But, you know, in, in the end, I, I thought they handled the pop culture references very, very well. I love the Zemeckis cube. I loved, you know, the holy hand grenade. Yeah. Uh, I loved all the characters. The young actors were good. Uh, the villain was fine. He was a Spielberg villain. Yep. You, know, you never know what you're going to get with Spielberg. He's, he really is either this movie or Schindler's List or Amistad, like those kinds of flicks. He he really was, like, it was, it was a big deal because it was Spielberg who is the director of our childhood anyway. Yeah. You know, he seemed like a perfect logical choice to pick for this movie. And I, I heard a lot of people going, I wish they had picked somebody else. It's too it's too on the nose. I was like, don't give me that crap. It was what it it, it was, was what it needed to be. And, you know, I don't think it was it was a hit, but not a mega hit. But it's not like they were gonna make a sequel to this anyway. Although he is writing another book. He's writing Ready Player Two. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Well, yeah, because I'd, I'd, I'd read the other one, Armada, and it's more of the same. It's good, but it's not as good. As, I just love the, I love a hunt. That's yeah. what it is. I love a hunt and clues and, you know, the, the idea of competing, uh, you know, teams like the, the, uh, the not the Xers, but uh, the, what, is it, what were they called? Uh, the Gunters? The Gunters, thank you, yeah. So there's like, the, there's the true players, the, the you know, for the, the people who, you know, they don't have a lot of this at their disposal, and they're all, they work alone, and there's there's honor, and then you have the Gunters, it's just like, throw money at it, and experts yep. at it, and, you know, you don't you don't want the Gunters to The corporate to win. shills. Yeah! So that, there's a face, you know, they, they use the guy from uh, Rogue One. Who's in a lot of movies now? Yeah, he was the villain in the new Robin Hood movie too. It's like, he was, stop doing those roles, man. You were he's getting typecast as a villain. Yeah, you really he was, was the villain in um, uh, Dark Knight Rises too. He was. Yep. Okay, but you know, Ready Player One. Chances are, a lot of you have seen that movie and have opinions about it. And I'm, I'm willing to bet that most it was it was a, it was a trendy thing to hate on the movie. I feel like one one of the people things... were hating on the book too. By the way. It's uh, I, um, I I listened to the audiobook um, because you you'd recommended it, so I was listening to the audiobook, and I think I literally finished it either the day that we went to go see it or the, the day before. 
So, yeah. I, I mean, it, the source material was fresh in my mind. Yeah. You, you recalled things that I had forgotten. Yeah. And it's, and, and the, the, thing, the thing about the book that I felt like they really nailed in the movie was the book was just, it was an homage to popular culture um, that, uh, I can't remember the, the author's name. Um, uh, David Klein. Yeah. The, 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 the popular culture of his childhood, of his adolescence, that meant so much to him. And the the idea of Easter eggs and the all of these things and they and they all came together, and as as the, as somebody who knows you know, like I you can take myself out of the equation and say okay, logistically to be able to get all of the popular culture references and shove them into this yeah. financially is just not there. There's no way they can go and license. It's impressive everything. the uh, licenses they did yes. get. Yes. So uh, from the onset, because that was one of the things I remember us talking about, with it being produced. Um, uh, I don't remember who was the studio behind it. Was it Universal? Universal. Universal, yeah, yeah. Universal pulled in a lot of their own. Sure. They went to the closet of all of the stuff that they already Child's had. Child's Play. And they know. just, they ran amok with that. But it was it was good because it felt like it hit on so many, I mean, notes from, that I could relate to. From, I mean, there was a Teenage Mutant Turtles, you know, a Chucky. I mean, there's things that from... Blink and you'll miss cameos. Like, yeah. That's a good thing about this movie, too, is you can rewatch it multiple you times. You can watch and you catch new stuff every time. Almost every time. And it, Without I mean, fail. It's great. I mean, because there's, I mean, there's all, there's all kinds. I, re- I remember one of my favorite ones because I watched a lot of the YouTube videos, What You Missed and Oh, those Ready are great, yeah. But when they're, the first time when they're running through the race and he, he does, I think he did like a peel out right in front of a marquee for uh, a movie theater and it said Jack Slater. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, last action hero. Last action hero. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is great. They didn't have to do that. Yeah. Every, I mean, just, and, it was, and that's because, I mean, that's one of those things as a, as a frequent moviegoer. I love those things. I love yes. that. Oh, yeah. Oh. Just remind me of the things I love. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll love you. And so I, I was knowing, I mean, when you go in, because I remember when we were talking about it after the movie, yeah. we both had the recognition, like, you can't you really can't take this book and turn it into even a two-hour movie? Uh, it would have to be Hulu or Netflix. It would have to, I, I and it would be very expensive. A, a ten, a ten, eight to ten episode, you know, run on a Netflix on a Hulu, and it would and cost might, a lot of money. You might cover it. By yeah, then, yeah. But even that is like it's a crapshoot. So it's like what they did with what they had was a really solid. It was, yeah. a, I mean, like if you if you'd never if you'd never read the book, you've had no perspective on it. You'd go in it and totally just enjoy it. You'd love it from beginning to end. Yeah, it's, it's a good just point. Fun. Like The Shining was The Shining to me until years later when I read the book. <sighs> and the way that they that scene, I remember sitting there like how oh, impressive God. when it was. they get into the Overlook Hotel, they drop right into that. And yes. you're like, this is amazing. That was magical. It's a these are CGI characters dropped into and you know I was like I know the magic of computers I'm not I was like oh my yeah. how did they do that right. they, put, <laughs> they put characters from one movie into another movie that's impossible I was like okay I'm not stupid but no right the way they did it was like this is really impressive yeah it was it it wasn't your standard fare and it was a seamless transition yeah and I I love that I love the like. the real like you could hear the people the energy of the people realizing where they were yeah. Uh, it's like, are they doing this? No, they're not. Because in, in the book, they had uh, like things like uh, war games yep. and, and and Monty Python. Like, there's a whole friggin' long ass chapter about just the kids rehearsing lines from Monty Python, which is something we'd all done. And it's fun. It, it works well in the book, but they can't do that in a movie. No, you can't spend that much time just being another movie. 
and I mean, for, for, to, for it to be popular in today's culture, like to have any prolonged reference to war games is really, you know, be like, oh, yeah. I mean, I've watched the movie in the last couple of years, and I just, it's holds up. As it holds up really movie. well, yeah, but like it's forgotten. But it's, it's forgotten. like it's like, oh yeah, war games. That's the best movie I've ever seen. It's like no, it's but it's a fun little. Oh hey, it's fun. I movie. would have preferred Lady Hawk. <laughs> But that was, they really, it's, I mean, you can have a lot of fun with it over and over and over. Yeah. And you can catch new stuff. It's, uh, it was in the original list I put together at the beginning of December. That one was on my list. It did get forced off, unfortunately. It, it, it could be, it could be difficult to defend against your movie snob types. It won't yeah. be on anybody's serious critics list. But um, I, it, I was I, I loved the book so much, and I was very satisfied with the movie, and I've watched it a bunch, so that, and that's a litmus test for me. Can I watch this movie tons of times and yep. not be bored by it? That's kind of really what it boils down to. So yeah, that was my number seven. James Halliday saw the future, and then he built it. He gave us a place to go, a place called the Oasis. What's, what do you got for six? We're getting number down six. to the nitty-gritty now, man. Yeah. We're getting close to the top five. This is, all right, number six. This is one that I just watched. Um, I watched it yesterday. Uh, it's fresh in your mind. Fresh in my mind. I think it came out, I want to say last March, April. And it was it was on my radar. It was not necessarily one that I, I obviously didn't make a priority to watch in 2018. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's unsane. Not oh. insane, unsane. Okay, yeah, you'd, I, you'd mention this to me. I toyed around with it. I was like, do I... Should, Never even heard of this, by should the way. I, should I add it to my top ten? Is it? And so as I'm making... I'm going through this. There were just so many things about this movie that I really genuinely enjoyed. That I was like... I oh, Jay Farrow's in this. Yep. He's, Juno Temple. I like yep. her. Claire Foy. Okay. Claire Foy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not just like, hey, there's nobody in this. Steven Soderbergh directed it. And one of the things that I think is really genuinely impressive about the entire movie is the entire movie was filmed on an iPhone 7. That's cool. That's the only camera they use the entire hey, movie. Hey, kids, you want to be a filmmaker? Use your You film. don't got to have. This is it. You know, yeah, so. That's Will Ferrell. Um, <laughs> you just need Will Ferrell. You need Will Ferrell. <laughs> you want to make a movie? Put Will Ferrell in. And you're just solid. You're <laughs> Just get a movie star to be in your movie. It's all you need to do, really. It's simple. One step. People don't think of that. Star. They don't think of that. Yeah, we're it's ahead of the really game. Easy. We're ahead of the game. But uh, it was... Um, the, so what is this movie? The There's there's kind of, there's kind of two stories that interweave here, and it's it's a thriller. It's I mean, it's a... It, it, That's it, Steven Soderbergh. It, yeah. it borders on horror movie oh. a little. I mean, it, 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 I don't feel like it fully... I mean, kind of. I feel like it kind of dips a toe into where you could construe it as almost a horror movie at at, at point. But um, the, it's it's Claire Foy. And by the way, guys, this is streaming for free on Prime Video. Yeah, Prime Video does have it. Um, and and I I, I do highly recommend it. Uh, um, she she plays she plays this uh, this girl. Um, she's moved. She just moved to a new state, and the reason she's moved is she had this stalker. Uh, and um, she's she's re- she's emotionally struggling with. She feels like she sees him everywhere, so she's having having these these panic attacks. So she seeks out a uh, a mental health institution to go and talk to somebody. She wants to talk to somebody about this these issues she's having. And what ends up happening is she gets committed against her will. 
Oh shit. She she ends up signing a form that she's thinking is she's going to be, you know, able to get some kind of services, some kind of consulting, some kind of therapy, something like that, and she involuntarily signs or she voluntarily but doesn't realize she's committing herself for 24 hours. Due to legal, yeah. you know, like, reasons no, like the form assigned, you yeah. said you'll stay for 24 hours. Gotcha. And so they they kind of have this whole, this this one side of the story is um you know, how crazy is she versus how does this mental health machine really work? Because that's that's kind of this this component to where it's like, you know, she seems like she's a competent, sane person yeah. and they're creating reasons to hold her there. And they kind of touch on this in a couple of ways about like, oh, they'll let you stay here until your insurance runs out. Then they'll... So it's all this, you know, kind of conspiracy theory like, oh, is the mental health world... You know, is it just this racket for trying to, you know, get insurance dollars? So there's there's a darkness to it there. And then there's, uh, you know, then you start to kind of wonder with some things that happen in the movie. Like, well, is she actually crazy? Uh, so is she yeah, crazy? like is when movies mess, start to mess with you. <clears throat> and so it's there's this really, I mean, legitimate thriller kind of, you know, like, you're not entirely sure what to believe. And I liked it because in a lot of times where I could figure stuff out pretty easy. Yeah. Um, they really, I, I mean, I, I felt like they didn't give you, they didn't give you so little that you felt frustrated, but so much that you could just figure it out. So it's a tough line to walk. It really, really, really is. And I felt like they hit it very well. I, I hate it when a movie tries to artificially do that and then, and, and then give you an explanation that just doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah. Like, well, that's stupid. It's like you, 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 you should be threading this needle in a more satisfying way right now. So this this movie delivers on that. Right? Uh, yeah, it was. I, I would say it's probably one of the best thriller movies. Because there were, I mean, there were some times where I mean, some genuine tension. I mean, the kind of tension that translates off the screen. And you know, if you're not paying attention, you kind of realize even your body is kind of like. Oh yeah. You know, you're getting into that like oh, oh it's really kind of that slow. Claire Foy is interesting. I like her. Yeah. She 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 was good in First Man, even though that movie I I don't recommend it, uh, which will might confuse some people, but. Uh, She's the Handmaiden Tale actress. Isn't I think, she? Yeah, I gotta watch that. I think she's in The Crown too. Oh no, you're right. That's not that's what she's known for. Okay, The I Crown, not not the Handmaiden Tale. That I'm sorry, people. Yeah, The Crown, which I is something else I'd like to see. Um, but you know, she she's funny. I saw her in SNL that, somewhat it was, recently because I, I had no perspective on who she was. Me neither. And she and then she was also Lisbeth, I think, in the uh, yeah. the the new. Drag, girl with the dragon tattoo, which yep. I maybe should give a chance. Like I, I, I might have unfairly shut that movie out. I, I think I think I need to do that. I, that was uh, after investing a little bit more. I, I watched her Saturday Night Live. I was like, okay, she's a pretty decent actress. Yeah, she's not bad. I was like, I might have to see what this girl's all about. Yeah, so cool, man. Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna put that on my list and check it out too. I highly recommend. Cool. Should we? Uh, anything else to say about that? Or that's, should we that's all I want to say. That's all. Okay. I, I just kind of want to plug it, give the brief plot because. I think it's when I was like, if I told too much about it, I would ruin it. So. Wow, number six, right? Number six. That was high praise. I have to go. I'm going to be late for work. So. The door's locked. For your privacy, I need you to take off your clothes down to your underwear and remove all your jewelry. Here, a lot of the top part of my list is pretty predictable, I, I'll say. But number six for me was Incredibles 2. And uh, it, it's not the best animated movie of the year. Talk about that later. But uh, it's pretty damn good. 
It was really good. And it's a, it's a, it was a very satisfying sequel to yeah. a very beloved movie, and a movie that took years, like 13 years yeah. or something like that. Uh, man, that is not easy to do. You To get the whole cast back and, and have that successful feel, like Brad Bird, you know, like he's back. Everybody, the important people are back. But, I mean, you know, Craig T. Nelson's old, man. But he still sounds just fine. You know, like all these actors are getting old and up there in years. Uh, but it, it was, I, I'm glad that they presumably were waiting for a story that's worthy to this. You don't want to ruin the the legacy of the original movie. And that's, you know, Pixar, obviously, Toy Story. I would argue that it's right there behind Toy Story. And, you know, then you got a bunch of movies like Inside Out and Up that for sure are great movies. Yep. Um, but, you know, Incredible 2, it, it's funny. It introduces likable new characters. Uh uh, Odenkirk, Bob Odenkirk. Yep. I, I really enjoyed his character, whose arc took an unexpected turn. I was yep. very convinced he was going to be what he wasn't. Yep, me too. Um, so, congratulations to for, you know to, for them to not just take that predictable route once again. You know that that's you know Same commendable. Thing with Catherine Keener. Yeah, so I, I really enjoyed that movie. Um, I think everybody's seen Incredibles too. I don't necessarily know if I need to sell anybody necessarily on that flick, but it was a gorgeous movie. It looks so good. Uh, I just love I love that the way they give that kind of '60s, early '60s aesthetic to it. Like I, I'm like, is it modern day or is it the '60s? Yeah. I, I don't know. Like all the vehicles and everything the way that everyone very... dresses feels '60s, but then the technology is modern day, modern day or even futuristic. Yeah. So, you know, I, I really enjoy that. I, I like that they continued doing that with that touch. It's a, it's a, cool, it's a cool marriage. Uh, it's like the, what they did in Big Hero 6 with San Francisco. You know, like you take, yep. you take that landscape of San Francisco, but then you interject the culture of, like, Japan. And uh, it's, it's, it, they, med, they mesh well. Yeah, they do that move. So uh, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on Incredibles 2. I just want to go ahead and say that it is in my top ten, number six. And uh, I, this is... This is another one of those movies that nearly got bumped out, but I just couldn't do it. I oh, the the one thing I will say about it that I I, I liked how they because they they took it they they gave it there was a compelling next chapter because mm -hmm. they they left the first one you, you were cliffhanger with the the mole guy or whatever yeah yeah uh, I forget his name <clears throat> but uh, they you know so they have that that opening sequence is phenomenal and it, I, I liked that they used because it was obviously kind of the a, underminer that yes, was a, yeah. the underminer it was and it was. <laughs> You know, in at the end of uh, um, Batman Begins, you get a teaser for the Joker, which yeah. is the the main uh, antagonist in The Dark Knight. Sure, but I liked that they used that as you know it was just this quick little thing, but it was the setup for the plot of the second one, not necessarily the focus. Yeah. And so there was kind of this this uh, you know smoke and mirrors of who, you know who's really the villain here. But I liked because you know they what they did and. Uh, you know, as dads, what I what I appreciated one of the things was they oh they switched it and they made um, in, um, Incredigirl. Incredigirl. Yeah, she was the she was the you know we had the first one. Oh, Mister Incredible, he yeah. goes, um, and then so now it was all about him. Yeah, person, so yeah. he was the big he was the one that, and so he even was kind of put off by the fact that Elastigirl now has to go. Um, she's gonna be the one that they want. Yeah, to I like that because they could have been like. Oh, I'm going to be supportive, honey. And he kind of is, but he's sort of being, he almost wishes her to fail. So he yeah. could step in and save the day and show everyone that they, you know, he would have been the right choice all along. So he learns and he grows. And I liked, you know, because there's, there's one of the things that's always kind of a, 
uh, a frustration for me, and I think we've even talked about times is, you know, you know, dads babysitting their kids. Like dads don't babysit their kids. Dads raise their kids the same way. So it was nice because it was obviously a challenge for him. Yeah. But it was really cool to see how that new math stuff hits home too. That I, I love that scene <laughs> where he's like, "Oh, why would you mess with math? Math is math." I, I I say that literally all the time. It's it's. I mean, there's funny little jokes like that that I enjoyed. Yeah. And then just the the dynamic there for him to grow with his kids was cool. With his and daughter and the boy that he likes and him kind of coming to terms. It with... was there was it was fun to see how you know in the first one you kind of have you know, uh, Mr. Incredible and the last, you know, this renewed sense of marriage. And this one, they took it and kind of built it out further into the family. Yeah. And that was, I thought that was really cool. I thought, I liked how they incorporated everybody. And then even kind of at the end when they're like, all right, you know, we're going to all, our family's going to go. It's like. It, it did that thing where like sequels can go one of a couple of different ways. They can go bigger, 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 louder, more, or they can take and expand yeah. and, 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 and fill and make, make it more like full. Yeah, and this felt like the latter. Yep, it I agree. did. It was heightened in ways, yeah. but they they didn't they they it just wasn't more of the same. No, so good for them. Pixar, you can usually always count on them yep. for a good story. And you know, like I said, I almost felt bad about putting in. It's like why why punish a movie for being really good? Yeah, it was a great movie. Don't just knock a movie out because you feel like a smaller movie deserves to be in. Yep. So you know what? That's my number six, The Incredibles two. Great flick. supposed to do it dad they want us to do it this i don't way. know that way why would they change math math is math okay, math dad. is math i'll just wait for mom to get back what all right number five number five um this one outstanding outstanding movie and be and, and especially because it's the sixth in the franchise mission impossible Fall. oh yeah I, that was a tough one for me it's not on my list but it, it was it was it was just such i was looking and i i had a lot of i had a number of action movies that kind of you know were ones i could i could could put out there and this one to me it was just like this was, it was executed so well um the amount of polish every everything that went into that I mean, and, and especially, you know, well, like I said, investing time and energy and understanding that, I mean, all of the effort that went into that that uh, that jump that they did from the plane, I mean, that they did multiple jumps every single day to get that, to be prepped for that one, they had the one shot for the dusk one once a day. Yeah. And how many times they did, just all of, and then Henry, Henry Cable was fantastic as kind of a, do you like him? Do you not like him? Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Because he's Superman for starters. Yeah. So we should like him, but he's at first you see him as kind of a threat. Yeah. Then you see him as an ally, and then you know he becomes the big bad villain basically. Yeah. I love double cross movies. And, They're always fun. And because you had uh, Simon, what's his face? Simon um, Pegg. Uh, uh, it's he. I mean, he's. He's really he's really coming to his own in those movies too. He comes in he 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 gets a little bit he, a little bit more he progresses yeah. in the movies I feel like. And so he's he's really um, he's really coming to his own. I, I'm I think it's funny, but I do like that they've had Bing Rames in every iteration, which is fun. <laughs> yeah, you got He's that constant along with Tom Cruise, right? You know, and I love that that the that this movie kind of comes full circle with the third movie, which was such a good yeah, movie with uh, Michelle Moynihan mm -hmm. being back in it. That yeah. was. That was a fun little nod. 
um, and just you know how that wove into the story again. It was, and he didn't want to win her back. Like he, yeah. he was there to do a job, and he was just thrilled that she was alive because he didn't know that. Yeah. And you know, they again in lesser hands, that movie could have become it could have shifted and been about him trying to win her back. Yep. But he didn't even try. He was it was he did the the right thing. Yeah. And allowed her to just be live her life. She was happy and had moved on. How horrible would it be of him? To try and like manipulate to her and come that. back, yeah. Sure. And to see, to, I mean, like the good that she and uh, that doctor was it. Yeah. We, I think Wes Bentley played her her husband in the movie. Yeah. Um, just their their doctor. That's a good man. Like, why would you fuck? Like, why would you mess that up? He, and, and it was like there was, and that's why I felt like this, because with these movies, they have they have had to get bigger and bigger and bigger to wow. Sure. But they, it's a necessity. Yeah. But in, in it's mission impossible. That, yeah. <laughs> Because like, you get to a point where you're kind of like, we don't feel that impossible. Like yeah. every time they're like, yeah, I know we get down to like, oh, there's two seconds until the whole world's gonna set on fire. Yeah. But it's like, it never does. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, everybody's pretty fun. Yeah, Bro. it has that moment in this one. Yeah. But you know, they, I mean, they, in doing that, they don't just go bigger. They they get better with it too, and I, I really appreciate that. And I was like, for a sixth installment in a franchise, the same director coming back from the fifth one to the sixth one, continuity for the first time really between two installments, and then even looping it back around, like you said, to the third is like, I just, and I've watched it, uh, I think, two or three times since I got it, and I was just like, this, this is really, I mean, just for an action movie, this one pulls out all the stops and delivers every every moment. Yeah, it really does. I mean, it technically, they they hit everything. Like there, there's nothing you can complain about with this. They movie. nailed it. The action scenes. I, I like. We were having a conversation. Your, the way you felt how Henry Henry Cable, the scene when you know, like the badass yep. scene where he's like rolls up his sleeves in the bathroom. Like, oh my god! Like this guy, Goosebumps. he should be a star. Like, he should be, he should be Superman. He would be a fantastic Superman yeah. if they would have done it right. But he, like, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. He should be somebody that we're seeing in franchises or we're seeing in action movies because he he's got a, the charisma of a he, rock he does he, he can I mean, totally do that thing and he has this i mean he you know he has a great mustache <laughs> well that, that movie uh there was another movie what if, was it that got if a you, lot of media attention because of that mustache uh, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 such a pronounced, wonderfully. You understand assembled. why they refuse to let him shave. Like you can't. You're like we're it's just gonna perfect. We're gonna, we're oh. gonna spend a crap ton of money to CGI out this thing. We're gonna make this other movie look ridiculous because we need this mustache from that bad. <laughs> and you and don't that just was the, that was again like, once again the secret sauce. The yeah, mustache. it nailed it. Nailed it. Um, I I kind of dug the whole like Alec Baldwin storyline. Again, like you don't know what's happening here. Like who who's gonna get who's back and who's gonna betray who? Like it it does that so well. And the action scenes, you know, like the insistence of Tom Cruise to do his own stunts pays off in, in droves every time. It it <clears throat> like I love the scene even when you know it's not a legitimate stunt like that where he's on the bike yeah. and he comes to a a stop and he, and he rolls like yep. that looks so good. It looks so freaking good, and I know that was like CG somehow. It uh, had to have been. Uh, I, I, <clears throat> when when he's when he's chasing down uh, what's his face, and he's r- running, and and, uh, and Benji, he's he's talking to him. He's like, "Yeah, jump! Why aren't you jumping?" And he's he's like, "I'm getting ready to jump out of a window." He's like, "Oh, I love when they just hit those comedic <laughs> yeah. jokes." Like, 
And that's, I mean, it's tough because it's like, okay, do we break up the action? Do we break up kind of this drive that we're pushing here and take you in a completely different direction? Yeah. And they, they do that so well where it's, we're going to keep, we're going to keep pulling you this direction, but we're going to give you a, we're going to throw a couple things at you along the way. And it's, it, they just, they deliver so well. With the one misstep of Mission Impossible 2, like it, it, they do James Bond better than James Bond. Yeah. Consistently. Yeah. So I, I really, that, that's a worthy movie. It, you know, again, it was in my list. I, I, something pushed it out at the last minute, but at least, at least it's in one of our top tens. Yes. Check that movie out if you haven't already seen it. You will not be disappointed. No. What are you waiting for? I'm jumping out a window! What do you mean you're jumping out of a... Oh, sorry, I had it in 2D. Good luck. Is it time for round number five? It is time for your number five. Okay, so the, the movie that kept shooting up my list with a bullet, uh, that... It's like, will it make the list? And it just kept climbing. Just the more I thought about the movie. Green Book. And I know you haven't seen it. I, my I, God, I, we I, have not seen so many of each other's movies. Um, makes it more interesting, though. My God. Uh, Viggo Mortensen is so good in this movie. And the gentleman who plays the doctor, the, the, the pianist who he's driving around, I, I just I can't do this movie justice talking about how good it is. Um, first of all, it involves one of my favorite things in the whole wide world, Italians in the South. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> oh my God. He is so good. It's, it's like my cousin Vinny, but like more serious. Two youths. Two youths. Excuse me. Did you say a youth? Um, he's so good in this movie. Like, uh, Tony the Lip. Tony, not Tony the Lip. Tony Lip. There's actually a humorous scene where he's like, not Tony the Lip, Tony Lip. Because nobody could pronounce his last name in the movie. That's where it comes from. But it, it's... There are movies that didn't make my 10 that are attempting to do, I feel like, what this movie does in a softer way. Sometimes movie... Okay, you know what? There was some bad racism in our country. Did you know that? I had heard some things. White people did bad things to black people. There is... If you didn't know. And it, as a white person, it is so difficult... I, I make myself watch these movies because I it's know hard, I need to understand. I need to understand the, the, the situations. And even though I had nothing to do with these personally, and I think it's terrible. And I think, and that's kind of the sad thing, is I feel like we have regressed as a nation a bit. Not a bit, kind of a lot. So maybe that's why there's such a need. I, I, I told you, I was like, do I, does this movie, this other movie that I haven't mentioned yet, does it need to exist? This, this is the movie, and I saw it, Maybe that's why I rated it so high, because I feel like it's it's doing what the other movie was trying to do, but with a softer touch. And there's such a... Because the, the Viggo Mortens character has a... Uh, Mortensen. He has a... There's a scene early on where you can kind of tell he's prejudiced. Yeah. But just that one scene, and by the end of the movie, they are like brothers. And it's a real-life true story. They These guys were friends to their death, you know, and they're, they're, they couldn't be more different. He's this, you know, honeymooners, Italian lughead guy, you know, he's, you know, he, I think, you know, he's had some dealings with the mafia in the past, you know, he's a driver, he's a bouncer, he's just a tough guy, but he also is a family man. You know, it's like the Tony Soprano thing, like, you know, there's, he's been mixed up and stuff. 
But at the same time, there's this like whole family drama that plays out that makes you love them somehow. Yeah. You don't see him do any like horrible atrocities other than beat some people up here and there. But they always had it coming. Um, he, like I say, he's so different than than the guys. Here we have this working class, you know, guy who has some prejudices because the movie's set in like the sixties. Hello, the movie's called Green Book, which there was a literal Green Book of places where where they could stay, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you were if you were a black man and you visited, you know, our hometown, where we are now, like you couldn't stay in, even though this is a wealthy, rich man with doctorate's degrees and is an accomplished pianist and is just more refined and special than all these other people. Like it's insane. Like he's just a, a an amazing person. He has to slum it in the projects. Because of you know the color of the, of the skin, it's, it's unbelievable and it breaks your heart. Like every time it happens on screen, and there 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 are moments in the movie where they don't pull punches, and then there are nice moments towards the end where where you think something bad's going to happen. There's a theme in these movies. Where there there are parts of the movies I, I I appreciate when you get to a point and you kind of in a in a lesser movie they go a certain direction and you you just it ruins it for you. And not everything gets wrapped up in a pretty little bow. And I'll be honest with you, I don't like watching movies all the time that have pretty bows wrapped up. But I do appreciate a movie that, that tackles something very complicated and but and resolves it in a more real way. This this felt more real. And yeah, I, I, I'm I'm certain there are scenes. Like I think I messaged you as like, of course it was Kentucky yeah. where he gets because it's the it's, it's if you don't know it's it's about this guy he hires a driver he he needs a driver but he also needs somebody to protect him yeah and this guy came highly recommended like he's a tough guy and he's he can get things done he's a you know he's he's a more or less he's more of a bodyguard than he is a driver and um, throughout the movie he's he's the and I can't think of the actor it's it's doctor what was his name Don Shirley Don Shirley yes and he's a real musician actual guy. And, uh, you know, he, he's trying to make it. The movie never lingers on the fact that we have this well-to-do black man driving, being driven around by this low, like working class white guy. They, there are moments where they do, but it, it never, there's never like this, that predictable fight between them where they're like, I'm from, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm ivory and you're ebony and it could never work. Like they, they, they really feel like they develop a true friendship throughout the movie. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not going to do this movie justice. It's a movie that I think everyone should see, especially now. I really want to see it. Um, and it, it's done so well. And I know I'm not the only one. It, it's one of those, like, Oscar-y type movies. Yeah. Like, like, oh, this this is for sure going to be nominated for Best Picture. And I've wa- I probably watched five of those movies. And this outshines them all by far. So I'll, I'll, I'll buy this movie. I'll watch it again and again and again. And I love that it's a true story. And uh, I, I especially love that they remain friends until their death. Like, I think they died within days of one another. So. I, that's because I, I, these, I mean, they are, they're, they're, they're hard movies to watch just to know that yeah. people <laughs> just in general are, are and were capable of being that way to other people yeah. for the most arbitrary reasons you could possibly come up with. Sure. And just to see you look different than me. To see the 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 
uh, the evil that really kind of comes from, I mean, the, the evil yeah. that human beings are capable of doing to one another for no reason is, I mean, just staggering. And to be put face to face with it is, I mean, it, it, a lot of times it's very, it's emotional. It's hard to, it's hard to swallow. And, yeah. it, and I, I like, I like the stories that, that highlight it in, in an effective way, which is what has drawn me to it. And I would, I'm, eager to see it myself yeah you're gonna like it i guarantee yeah. it there are some special movies to me on the top of this list it the more i'd lingered on it and thought about it it if we had recorded this a week from now it could have made the, it could have climbed to three there i'm and i'm in fact i'm looking at my number four and i feel bad almost for putting it ahead <laughs> of this movie just because of the dumbest reason you know let me say this it's the best non-comic booky sequel-y movie that's out there that costs a lot of money to make. It's the best movie, maybe. It really is good. It's that yeah. good. And, uh, you know, I, I just love... I, I hope I hope everybody in this movie gets nominated and wins an Oscar. I really do. <laughs> it's that it's, good. It's one of those, like, like eighth grade, where you're like, you know what? This this is a good movie that has... that That really conveys a good... It's just... I mean, it's just a good thing. And I'm a sucker for road trip movies too, by the way. And this movie is nothing but a road trip movie, and where where people grow and become closer, like it's like, like a planes, woke trains, Tommy and automobiles. <laughs> it's woke Tommy Boy, woke planes, trains, and automobiles. There you go. I All right, so I, you know, I, I can't, like I said, I can't really put it to words. You did a nice job putting it to words. I, I better than I could, but and you haven't even seen I, it. But I, I, I think you got a feel for this movie, and yeah. you're, you'll you'll enjoy it. I, I think I think yeah, I, I'm pretty certain it had I actually had a chance to see it, had I made made myself uh, make time to go see it, which I should have. But if I had, I know it would have been high on my list as well. And it, honestly, too, like it it was previewed in a way in trailers that I felt like ah, this movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like didn't that, do it justice. Ah, the white guy and the black guy, they're going on a road trip together and they're going to be friends in the end. Like it, it really didn't do a lot of favors. It, it's it's not the kind of movie that can. Because you've seen what you think this movie is so many times, and it and in a way it is that movie, and in a way it's not. So, I, but I, I, you know, I recommend it. It's my number five. Hey, when I was in the army, I know a guy from Pittsburgh. Except he called it Pittsburgh, but he said all the women there had huge tits. That's absurd. Probably women in Pittsburgh have larger breasts than say women in New York. Guess we'll find out, huh? What do you got for number four, sir? All right, number four, and I have a, I have a feeling that uh, uh, that we're going to get into some overlaps here. Yeah, it's going to start going faster. I think. Uh, number four for me is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, I got that one. Um, <laughs> it, it's the best animated movie of the year for me. E- easily the best. I, I mean, it was uh, there were so many things about it that were just so good. I mean, the. Um, the animation style was, I mean, we've, we've talked about it extensively already. Yeah. Um, and it, everything about it, um, which actually it was funny when I was looking this up, uh, the guy that plays Don Shirley, and I don't know how to pronounce his name. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he was the voice of Uncle Aaron. In that was Uncle Aaron? Yep, he was Uncle oh Aaron. Oh, my God. I love yeah. this guy. So, I, hey, you know, doubled up. Double down. This movie. Yeah. Having another good year. I, I also, when you were talking about uh, the Incredibles, Craig T. Nelson, I meant to, I meant to mention then, Craig T. Nelson also had two movies that came out this year because he was in, he was in uh, Book Club, as well. You mean Whimsical Font? He was in Whimsical Font. <laughs> Good for him, man. He, I always Craig liked T. Nelson. Coach, I always Coach liked busting out a couple of movies just Good like this him. guy. But uh, 
Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, that guy uh, deserves to be a household name. I, I need to, I need to get to know him. Yeah. Um, there's the, I mean, it was it was great. I mean, because we've had, I mean, we had the first Spider-Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire. Yep. Um, we had uh, a couple more with Andrew Garfield. Um, they tried to kind of reboot, get that one going off the ground with the Amazing Spider-Man and that one. I liked them, but I, I under they, they were just fine. And they I, Sony, re- they the saw the, they saw the writing on the wall. They they didn't execute well. Um, I mean, the first one was was good. They had some missteps. Second one, they tried to shoot for too much. Yeah, um, and that really did them in. They really um, shouldn't have tried to build the universe. No, and and then I mean, the, I, I honestly, I mean, as much as I really genuinely enjoyed, because I was a huge. Huge Spider-Man. I mean, my 14th birthday was a Spider-Man birthday. Oh, nice. Spider-Man played, Spider-Man I, Like, uh, Yeah, I mean, like, I got Spider-Man stuff for my birthday. Like, nice. I'm, I'm, you know, it's when I was like, hey, I was 14, and I was getting Spider-Man stuff for my birthday. Like, I, I was all about, Spider-Man was my favorite one. I, I wanted to be Peter Parker. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I, I may have dressed up even as an adult. Like, I don't know. But there I'm may not, be pictures on the internet. It's, it's a possible. I don't know. I don't know, but uh, I'm calling your mom. <laughs> there may or may not be. I mean, there's a lot of incriminating evidence out there. Like, if you wanted to embarrass me on any number of things, it would not take you. <laughs> there you, could be a two-minute video somewhere out there of you dressed as Spider-Man eating an entire Spider-Man cake. There might be a video of me dressed like Buddy the Elf singing out at the I summit. I love you. I love you. <laughs> those things might exist. I'm just saying. So there's. It's not hard. Don't bother to, looking. No, it's not hard to embarrass me. I do it for free most days. I give it to you. <laughs> but, uh, Silver platter. I I am I am a dedicated lifelong Spider-Man fan, and this what I really I love that we we got a really genuinely valid Miles Morales. Spider-Man. Well, hang on, you skipped over the Tom Holland Spider-Man though. Oh yeah, we had Tom Holland Spider-Man too. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that was great. He's uh, he honestly he is my favorite iteration because I feel like he really embodies. The awkwardness of the character and the, yes. and the youth of the character. Yes. And it's not the worst thing in the world that Marissa Tomei is Aunt May. That's fine by me as well. Mm. Um, that's a good, it's a good thing. She's better than Sally Field and the old lady oh, from God. Um, the first one. They got, they, got le- they got younger and younger. Everybody just got way younger. <laughs> Spider-Man's going to be a baby. It's baby Spider-Man. And Ariana, Ariana Grande is going to be Ariana Grande is going to be Aunt May. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Not, that's the I'd be Spider-Man. okay with that after seeing some of her Spider- uh, SNL stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> it works. But yeah, I, w- this movie felt pointless to me after the success. Uh, I was like, why is Sony doing this? And, and then, like the the animation style is stunning. Like I'm looking at this, I'm like, this just looks good. I want to see this just because it looks amazing. And what what I appreciate um, from Sony, again, from a behind the scenes perspective, because um, and I'll throw out another one of my my honorable mentions. So now I'm down to three honorable mentions after this. Venom was on my, on mm. my list, and that almost that almost made my top ten. Yeah. One of the things that I appreciate what Sony's doing, because right now with Sony and Marvel being locked in with Tom Holland as Spider-Man, sure. they have the rights to Spider-Man. Yeah. And those are incredibly lucrative. And yeah. Sony is not a studio that has been known in recent years for really capitalizing well off things that they have. They um, really haven't. They're, they're in a losing streak. There, they so. had, was it a... I don't know. It's probably been a few years ago now, but when they had their big email breach, and all mm-hmm. of the all of the emails came out from high-ranking executives who even acknowledged, do, "Are we just a studio that just churns out crappy Adam Sandler movies at this point?" <laughs> they weren't doubling and, down on Adam Sandler. And that's, that's a lot of what they've done. I mean, they yeah. really haven't been somebody that's known for just like we're really pushing the envelope, doing great things. Yeah. But they have Spider-Man, and so 
without being it, because a lot of people ragged on Venom for, oh, it's not the origin story. It's like, you can't do the origin story of Venom in actuality without bringing in Spider-Man. Yeah. And you can't do a Spider-Man movie because he's locked up with Marvel. Right. So what do you do? Well, we can capitalize on Venom. We can make a great Venom movie, and we could do that if we just change it a little bit. And yeah. same thing with this. Like, we could, let's, hey, let's take Spider-Man, and let's just do something else with Spider-Man. Yeah. And, it's, and what they did with both of those movies, in my opinion even more so with Into the Spider-Verse, is they did it so well. I mean, they had great voice actors. Yeah. The animation was was amazing. The story was compelling. Everything just really, I mean, they, I mean, and the, the story, I mean, like, it's an animated movie. I took my kids to see it. They loved it. But there's, I mean, there was so, there, at the same time as this beautiful movie is playing out before you that's fun, it's engaging, there's a lot of heart to the movie, too. You know, when um, when Miles Morales is, I mean, you get the insight that he knows who his uncle is before his uncle knows who he is. Mm-hmm. And then you have that moment where they have the overlap and he sure. loses his uncle. And it's like, yeah, and, you know, and there's... I mean, oh, that moment when he, when he sees him and he like very gently like slips the mask back over Miles' head. Only to be, you know, it, brutally just, murdered right after. It's, it's... It's heartbreaking, man. It was. I was. I mean, there's just there were so many things that. The, I mean, you know, again, Jake Johnson. Um, Jake, I I never knew I wanted Spider-Man in sweatpants so much. Oh, <laughs> he he's such a slob, and he, just doesn't give a damn. I loved. I loved because he was. I mean, like he was such a great. You know, you've got this Chris Pine voicing this Boy Scout Spider-Man yeah. to begin with. And then you have this alternate version where his life has just gone awry. Mary Jane left him. He's just he's a he lives in a small studio apartment where he's just eating eating pizza, cold like, pizza. Yeah. It's like he doesn't even care if it's still good. Just, just you know, like as he's being warped into an alternate universe, he's still worried about his pizza. Yeah, and it's, it's like and his even the joke where he's like, "Oh, this place closed the restaurant, the diner where he gets the cheeseburgers." I was always close to my universe like five years ago. Yeah. He's just so excited to get a cheeseburger. <laughs> he just wants to eat. <laughs> I'm trying to think what character he like reminds me of, but he, he's just this like he's Spider-Man, so you love him, but he's he's not really a good person. He's not a clean cut. You know, he's yeah. he's not a he's not, not a, bad a bad guy. person. No, no, he's not a bad guy. I don't want to give you he's that just, impression. He's just a he's a normal guy. He's just a guy yeah. who's like, I don't have all my stuff together anymore. Like, oh, <laughs> Everything that I thought was going to go one way kind he of He wears sweatpants through most of the movie. He does. He's just going to like, you know what? He's got just, the gut. I'm just going to do this. You know, it's like, this is how we're going to roll. And that may be why I could relate to him. Like, this, this is this, if I was Spider-Man, Spider-Man. I, this guy makes Spider-Man more accessible uh, to me. I wear sweatpants around the house, too. Like He's saving he's the like, world in sweatpants. Like, I could mind. probably pull this off. If this is okay, he's like, yeah, I can do this. Dude, his relationship with Miles is so beautiful. Oh, it really was. God, you, you really can feel how much he, they cared for each other at the end of that movie. It was fantastic. It was. It's so satisfying. And when Miles becomes his version of Spider-Man, that's what it is. It's all about being... The version, the best version of you. Yeah. And his his uncle told him before he dies, "You're the best of us. You're the best of all of us." And in his universe, he was this streetwise smart kid who, like, his you know, he tagged, and his dad got on him for like sticking his stickers everywhere, and he would make him take him down. His relationship with his family was very healthy, and I love the scene where all the Spider Mans are together, and they're like, "This is how. Th- this is my tragic moment." Yeah. And his. And Miles' tragic moment, I don't think had happened yet. 
So, you know, that, that had not happened yet. So, you know, they all have their tragic moment. Like, well, for me, it's Uncle Ben, you know, Peter Parker. For me, it's my best friend. It, it's Peter was my best friend, and he died in my arms. And for me, it's, you know, like, whatever. You know, like, my father died, and he, he, he embodied this robotic thing. You know, like, everybody had their own version of their tragedy. So my, and Miles was yet to experience his, and then it happened. And he kind of grew and became, like, but that, that was beautiful, too, because he's just a kid. And he... He's stuck between wanting so hard to be <clears throat> special and to be the Spider-Man, and he just can't. And it, that, it was real touching when they all kind of like let him off the hook. Yeah, they are like, "We're, we're, we, we really appreciate you being the guy that's like, I can handle this, and we can all go back to our universe, our you know, parallel universes safely." But we, we, you're gonna die. Yeah. And then, you know, like Sweatpants Spider-Man decides he's going to be the guy. I just want to call him Sweatpants Spider-Man. Sweatpants Spider-Man. <laughs> I want that movie, the solo movie. So I was very confused about what this movie was going to be because Miles Morales is like the current, I think, like popular Spider-Man. Yeah. It's been a while now. And he was even hinted as a thing in the new Spider-Man yep. movie because, you know, uh, Donald Glover was Uncle Aaron, basically. Yep. And, you know, so you're like, oh, well, we might get a Miles Morales. And I was... I wasn't annoyed that there was like a black kid Spider-Man. Like I just I didn't understand comic books. Now I understand like there's the multiverse and you're not you're not just having a black kid Spider-Man for the just for the hell of it, no. just for diversity's sake. He's just that Spider-Man. And that's how comic books work and I I'm like so into it now. It was uh, and it was fun the way how they I mean Bringing Nick Cage in for Spider-Man oh Spider Noir, War. that was fantastic. <laughs> and his like old timey saying is like they just they there was so Spider great. Ham, you know John oh, Mulaney or John, John... Mulaney, <laughs> Peter Porker, Peter Porker. He was one of my kids' favorites. Oh, the great line in all the trailers, like, "Do animals speak in this dimension?" Because <laughs> I don't want to freak him out. I just he was he holds the hand of it super wet. It's like I just watched it. That's why it's so wet. Oh my god. But it was, they just um, they hit on so many like because it, it could it could be serious and you got this dramatic. like month this sped up version of each of their like stories yeah and that never got old and like nope. that so many times that would have been so annoying to me but they nailed it I mean they really is like okay here every iteration we're gonna give you a little bit smaller like oh here's here's your here's your singular pill take this and now you know this guy's background now you know this oh oh and it, they just they nailed it over and over and over it's like. It was it was so well done. I mean, everything about it. I mean, that's that's and I think that's why I'm like with uh, with Aquaman. It's like that was the big thing. It's like James Wan. I know I know James Wan's a capable director. Yeah, and make a visually stunning universe. Sure. I'm like this one. That was the thing. It's like this one's visually stunning and it's really good too. Like, yeah, the story's good. Yeah, and that's a good point because this <clears> movie <throat> was one of those like Rotten Tomato 100 percent kind of yeah. deals. And you know, like one by one, my friends were seeing this and going, "It's good." Yeah, you know, like they're like they're not telling me anything new, but it's not like I wanted to somebody somebody to come back and go, it's all bullshit. It's not that good. So I went into this movie like with high expectations. I was already interested in it because of the way it looked was stunning. But watching it, I'm like, damn, this movie's good. Like yeah. I had high expectations, and I'll be damned if it didn't exceed my high expectations. And it was, that's no small miracle. It was it was a it was a great animated movie, and it was a great movie. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like it was. I love I love the moment when he does when they've relieved him of his duty, and he doesn't want to give up yet. Yeah. But it's kind of like he doesn't know what to do, so right. he goes 
to see Aunt May voiced by Lily Tomlin, which I loved. <laughs> she was great. She, and she's like, and I just, I love her response. Is like, I was wondering when you were going to get here. Like, yeah. she was waiting for him. I was like, okay, this, then he has his montage. I was just like, okay, now you've come full circle. It's like, this is a whole new franchise. And by the way, her Spider-Man just died. Yeah. So, you know, like the fact that, you know, she, she's dealing with all this too, like, in a real warm and in and, and real way. Like, I, that's just another layer to this freaking thing. It, yeah. And it was one I liked because they had the scorpion in the movie. Yeah. And it was a compl- it was a it was a different you know. The prowler was very cool. The like, prowler was cool. Kingpin was a very I mean it was a, just a different. Liv Liv Sh- uh, Schreiber is that what's what? uh, yeah Liv Schreiber he yeah. was he was the voice of him and it was just a whole different kind of component to him you know we've seen uh, oh and Catherine Hahn is Octa Doctor uh, Doc Ock Doc Ock oh, I love female that female Doc Ock she was great that was uh, that was a cool reveal I did not see that coming. yeah not see and, that coming watched again watched several of those here's what you missed and it's cool yeah. when you go back and, and you see how he, they they jump through piece by piece of her office things that represent the number eight things that have like it was cool the way that they kind of foreshadowed a lot of these things and it was just i mean it was it was it was comedic it was dramatic it was action-packed yeah. it was visually stunning. i love the just, music choices in the movie when they started playing like the hypnotize yep and it's it's like kind of like regular and then he, he rolls the bass like Damn, I love that scene. I was like tapping my toes, going like, "Wow, this movie's got a good soundtrack." And the 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 guy, the kids are all talking about Post Malone. I don't, I have no frame of reference. That's a cool song. The, the, the song like, that yeah. he's singing was sung by Post Malone, and yeah. he had Post Malone had a voice. He was a voice of like somebody in a crowd. So he was. Oh, I didn't know that. He was involved in the movie as well. So I thought it was like, oh, that's cool. That's it's yeah. a fun little thing. And there's after credit scenes. Oh, there are. Oh God, I'm so annoyed. I saw the uh, Stanley um, thing. Yes. And Laura, Laura was in a huge hurry to get out of there because we took my daughter, who doesn't normally go to movies. She actually loved it, dude. You know, you know, like the the seats that recline. Yep. It was so cute. She had it recline like up, but she was like laying down like this, and like something I could never do at my size. But like she's like laying like she was riveted. And there's there's very few movies that like will like keep her attention. I was I was such a proud dad, and Logan obviously loved it. He's a big Spider Man yeah. fan. He, you know, I got pictures of him two years old dressed as Spider Man. But um, you know, it I, I missed the after credits because she, I I thought okay, this is an animated movie. They're probably not going to spend money on stingers. Like so, what did I miss? There, when you get to the very end, Spider Man twenty ninety nine, and Spider Man twenty ninety nine, he has. He has this uh, uh, this device, and he's talking to um, like a Jarvis kind of voice. I forget who who she is. I I, I don't. know. Oh, from the movie from yeah. from the home, <clears throat> Homecoming. That same. It's I forget who um, he's talking to his computer. I know the one who's Jennifer Connelly. The voice. Um, it it might be, um, but he's um, the Spider Man twenty ninety nine suit is cool. But he has a device that allows him to jump from universe to universe. Oh yeah. And so he the, like they. They play this up like, okay, this could he could be somebody that connects all these universes. Oh, okay. Um, but where he jumps to first, as he jumps, he's like, okay, we're gonna go back to the, we're gonna go take it back to the beginning, and he jumps back to the '60s cartoon. And oh it's my gosh! Hilarious because they, they have they have they drop him right in with the animation of the actual '60s cartoon. Holy crap! And so the like, love in this movie. Man. They they have like, no, you pointed at me first. No, I just did this. Oh, you pointed at. And they just have this back and forth. It's really it's oh, all just for Jesus comedy, Christ. but it's great. If if you're even remotely a fan of Spider Man, you've got to own this movie and yeah. watch it. Freaking tell everybody to go see this movie. It's fantastic. Yeah. 
And it, it was only number four for you. Wow. It was, <laughs> yes, it was number four. I've got I've got three others. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting to waiting to be unleashed. So waiting to, waiting to go. Yep. Um. Yeah. I, I I really dug that movie. Oh. Act super normal. Selecting a bagel. Spider Man. You know that's funny. I get that a lot. Hey. Um, okay, so should I go ahead and go with my number four? Let's, let's do it. My number four is totally selfish. It's Bumblebee. That I, I, <laughs> that was a hard one to push off my list, but I, I, I ended up doing it. It has its problems, folks. And, you know, Nick, co-host from Big Geek, he is so sour on it still. He, You know, like he's like, it was fine. That's as the best she could drag out. I mean, I was actually really enjoying the movie as I was watching it. was a it. lot of fun. It, it really was a lot of fun. I, I love the nostalgic feel from the 80s. The 80s, I yep. dug the soundtrack a lot. Oh, and the great. girl who played Spider-Gwen in Into yep. the Spider-Verse, the girl who's like the main character in Bumblebee, Haley, Haley something. She was in Edge of 17. Yep. I friggin' love her, man. She's such a good little actress. She really is. I, she's somebody to keep an eye on because she's going to be going places. Yeah, well, she's 2018 was a big year for her, yeah. obviously. But I, I really, really love, as, as goofy, like, you know, they're, they're, it's no secret now that this movie was made, intended to be a one-off prequel to the Bay movies, but as, as The Last Night stunk it up horribly and they trashed that, they, they X'd it, you know, this really was the last hope for the Transformers franchise. And then all the buzz started coming out. I was like, it's actually good. And it's getting really good. It was first Transformers movie to be reviewed well. And uh, it was relatively small. He kept the budget down. Uh, the first five minutes, like if you if you call yourselves a Transformers fan, go watch this movie just for the yeah. first five minutes. That oh Cybertron scene was, I was like fangirling out. Like I squealed, I think. It was so great. When Soundwave in his old Soundwave voice says like "ravage," like well, EJ, like I, I, I swear to God, I wet myself. I think a little bit. Like <laughs> I, I went to see this. It was it was me and the kids, my buddy um, Jay. Yeah. And when they when they busted out Stan Bush, we, <laughs> yes. we, we both stopped and looked. That at was each other, a, that was great. And we were just like, <laughs> they went there. They did it. Ah, this yeah. Is so great. That was a funny meta moment yes. for sure. Um, but it's a cute movie. It it and this one's again executive produced by Spielberg. This felt like a Spielberg. Yes, movie. it did. Kind of a little bit like the first one did. But in the ways that you know, um, oh boy, what, Sam Witwicky, um, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. I I enjoyed him. He was good as Sam Witwicky. He was, but as in kinetic and and freaky as he was, like she was just like the real person. Yeah. You know, it's just such a cute, adorable movie. And it's a cute, adorable movie in spite of the Bay leftovers. Like, I feel like the family was a left a holdover from Bay. Cause a little bit, yeah. One, one signature Michael Bay movie in the Transformers universe, anyway, is are weird adults. Yeah. They're always weird, and they have a weird, he has a weird sense of humor. Yeah. I, I don't get it. You know, like whenever they're trying, they're, they're not being funny, haha. They're just doing weird shit, and you're just supposed to laugh at them. And there were holdovers, like with Ron and the family. And I, I love her, the actress who plays her mom, Pamela Adlon. She's a treasure, dude. It's the she, voice of Bobby Hill. It's the voice of Bobby Hill. That's right. I, I love her and everything. She's really good, and I was excited to see her. I didn't even know what she was going to be, but she, you know, she ended up being the mom. I, I, I liked the payoff for Ron. And, uh, 
I, I was I I did like because it felt like there was the the personal growth aspect because um, I, I liked that they had they had a girl because um, it's one one of those where it's like it, we've I feel like we muddy those waters a little bit when we just do oh we need to make this character this race or we need to make this character this gender just because just because like we can't let a girl be the hero on her own or people won't buy it it's like no yeah she was a great she was a great heroine for this she totally nailed it yes and I, I loved I loved I and the it was literally the boy next door yeah. was the yeah. the cute little kid that was yeah. like oh, he, he he liked her and yeah. was tagging along I was like that was a fun little thing I have issues with that character it was goofy and yeah. it was a little over the top a little it, was, weird. it was a little unnecessary yeah. <laughs> I, it was like the the 14 year old girl that showed up in uh, the last night she played his daughter in that movie that it came out with in December the instant family is like what, why are you like is this the kid now like what is this oh that's what? funny I didn't even know that yeah, so she's but it, it was it was a little bit goofy a little over the top but it was um, I liked at the end how the the you know the family the, her, especially her and her mom that relationship between her and her yeah. mom and then missing her dad and then this new guy being it was cool the way I they, did enjoy it when he goes to try and like kiss her she's like whoa yeah, I'm not no, ready for that not, not there yet not yeah there yet. <laughs> that was cute that I was, dug that that was great uh, and I didn't I liked that kid I thought he was He's a, he, he was, was a very fine, adorable he was kid. Was yeah, yeah, he was fine. I just and and everything about the character that I had issues with, not his fault. No, it was the way they directed him, and I just, blah, I just didn't that they, they threw him in there to begin with was unnecessary. Yeah, and so it was kind of like this is, do we need this? No. Yeah, uh, if you spent, if you wanted, to, if you cared to spend like ten minutes with Nick, my buddy, uh, he he picked he picked he's picking apart, picking apart, picking apart. But I just choose not to. Like I just. It's kind of like the Wonder Woman thing. Like I was just so relieved to get a Transformers movie that was good. It it might as well be phenomenal. Like it, the relation wise, you know. Like I I was just so sick of getting bad Transformers movies. And thank you, Travis Knight, for putting this movie, like doing this movie. I really enjoyed Kubo and the Two Strings, so I had high hopes for this. And I'm so happy that Paramount decided to distance themselves from the Michael Bay. And by the way. I don't mean to sound like I'm just going to crap on Michael Bay because there are stuff, there are things that he does that I happen to love. Yeah. But but what he was doing with the Transformers franchise, not great. Not great, man. He just it just wasn't working. No. And I hope I do hope that there's some kind of sequel. I hope that this is a reboot. They, you know, the the way that they filmed those extra scenes for sure made it seem as a reboot. There's there's I've I've seen a couple of things and I've read a couple of things where they're now going to make an Optimus movie. So and I don't know I'll, I'll, we'll see. I I might have told you like I'll believe that yeah. when I see it. And it's kind of one of those things like where Warner Brothers do like they they would make announcements, they would just throw things against the wall to see if it would yep. stick with the public. Like how bad like Optimus Prime is like one of those like kid heroes of mine. So I, I'll I, I'm cool with that. But I'll believe it when I see it. I think you're more likely to get some kind of a sequel to Bumblebee. With and I'd be okay with that. I, I would Me love too. to see John Cena have his character unpack a little bit more. Yeah, they didn't really do him a lot of favors either. And I think a lot of that was due to, again, change in directions in the tone of the movie. Cause, and you can see it too. Because like there are moments in the movie when John Cena is very lighthearted yep. and the guy you want to see, he, you know, he, he can be so hilarious in certain situations like blockers and, and, and train wreck. Yep. So funny, and then you know, sisters or whatever, yep. but but they, I, I feel like they directed him in a way to he was supposed to be the heavy bad guy. Yeah. So he in the he's movie there are man. moments in the movie when he's very heavy, and then seemingly out of nowhere he's very light, and you can see that 
difference, you know? Like, I, I don't know how well it plays. Like, I, I'd like to see him again. I'd love, I'd love to see his character in a second iteration be the guy that, you know, kind of by day is the, is the same. He's the military guy. Yeah, yeah, we're, gonna, we're hunting for Transformers. We're going to find them. We're going to get rid of them. Yeah. And by night, he's kind of this, you know, like, I'm, like I, these, I know these guys are the good guys. Yeah. I'm going to work with the Autobots. Like, I can't... Con- like Josh Duhamel. <clears throat> yeah, I can't yeah. convince the military. I can't convince everybody that the Autobots are the good guys, the Decepticons and, are the bad And be guys. like their ally, secret yes, ally. secret ally. Yeah. I think that would be a great role sure. for them in a sequel. Sure, they would work really well, I think. So good, good decision to distance themselves. And and one point, one one thing that I just continue to think about is with the success of Into the Spider Verse, I would love to see Paramount have the balls to just go ahead and make a fully animated feature. Do Transformers as a fully animated. Do a GI Joe movie as a fully animated. Yeah. Hell, even do your Transformers GI Joe movie that they were talking about. Yeah. Doing. Like make it fully animated. Because that's the first five minutes again. Even Nick will say, like, damn, that was awesome. It, it really was. You're like, oh, my gosh, this is everything that I'd want to see. This is all and, I ever yeah. wanted to see going back to 2007. They gave it to me. And, and then they get to Earth and things slow down, and it's great. I, I really did enjoy it. Uh, you know, like, I say it's, like, I'm, I feel silly for having it in my top five when there are other, like, more serious movies. But screw that, man. It was a good Transformers was, movie, and that's all I wanted, dude. So that was my number four. And I will say, just as a, as a side, a quick tangent on that, my, my plug for Cinemark. Cinemark did a fantastic job with their promotional stuff for, and I think Cinemark really does the best promotional cups, movie tie-in stuff, because um, I got the Bumblebee cup and I got the Bumblebee pop. Uh, I got the spider. I got the end of the Spider-Verse cup from there. And the, yeah, they just they did. I mean, it was like I was. I wanted that bucket too. It's yeah. like this is good, good point, man. Good point. Cinemark because like other places will do like the plastic screen print. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna charge you twenty bucks for a yeah. cup. And Cinemark really nails it. Yeah. So. If you want to send us free stuff, free stuff, mark? yeah, give us some free tickets. We're Cinemark, totally, we're the totally. best place to watch movies. If I'm watching a movie, <laughs> it's at Cinemark. <laughs> I feel like Wayne's World now. <laughs> it's so sad. It's like people just do things for money. <laughs> well, it certainly does suck. <laughs> it's an inside joke. It's a Wayne's World joke. Weapons now! Take it down! Run! No, don't run! Do not run! She ran. We're in the top three. Top three. All right. This um, one of these may surprise you, but two of them won't. Okay. Number three: Avengers Infinity War. Not even gonna. Not even like it was. I mean, I know there were people that were not fans. I know the people who was not a fan. There, there. I've I've read a number of, of things where people, you know, people, and I, I think a lot of them are closet DC fans that just want to try gotcha. and besmirch the good name of Marvel. <laughs> um, but you can't because it's Marvel, no. not DC. But it, I mean, like that. I, it I, was ten years paid off so sweetly. Oh my gosh! <laughs> the sweet relief. <laughs> I, I was I like. There was there was a one showing of this movie that started an hour prior to, uh, and I and I almost went to that one. It was tw- you had to, to go to it. You had to pay twenty bucks. You got to come over a coin, which I don't think anybody actually ended up. Who getting. gives a shit? I know they had a sign up that said, "Oh, sorry, we were supposed to get the coins," and they didn't at the theater that I went to. Yeah. 
But my showing started at 7 o'clock Thursday night. It was the, the second showing you could go to for this. And I stood in line to get my popcorn and, and to get my special cup and my special <laughs> It means a lot to us, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> I'm a, a hardcore movie fan. I need yeah. my movie swag. Gotta have it. And I will spend stupid money to buy these things. I don't care. I don't either. <laughs> uh, Movies make us it. happy, yes. folks. That's what I spend my money on. Yeah. Um, if it was meth, I'd spend it on meth, but it's not it's movies. <laughs> well, thank uh, God it's movies. Yes, movies way better than meth. <laughs> way better than meth. That's all you got to say to somebody who's going to like try and talk down to you about it. Like, I'd rather go watch a movie. Why don't you buy a home? Hey, I could be buying meth. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I could. That's an option. It's a very real option where we are. <laughs> but I, I, was, I was a little bit miffed because they literally had lines. I went, I went to see it at Escape, and this yeah. is why Cinemark is better. <laughs> they had two they had like two or three registers open and they had people from the registers across their lobby backed up all the way to the uh, soda machines and if you've ever been in that theater you know how much space is there yeah and they so it was like open up more registers get people going because people are here obviously to see avengers and so I how dare you i i did I ended up had, had to sit closer than i wanted to to the screen but it, I, mean, I mean, what are you gonna do? You gotta get your swag. It, it didn't. And you gotta, you gotta get I, your swag. By the way, in the movie, yeah, you can't do that shit on the way out. I went and saw it Thursday night there. On Sunday night, I saw it again um, when I took my kids and my mom and dad to go see it. And by Sunday evening, when we went to go see it at Cinemark, I mean, this is literally three days later. When we were picking up cigarette butts in the parking lot of Dairy Queen, I remember you yes. specifically laying out to me like, "You're like, I want to see this movie." I, I honestly can't remember how many times, but you had a plan on how yes. many times to see this movie, and it was an it was a staggering number. Yes, and you, you like logistically had it figured out. I'm sure you didn't get to that number because Movie Pass <laughs> screwed me. <laughs> One time, <laughs> this this was the movie that Movie Pass said we're not doing multiple screenings anymore. Yeah, well, because up of Mission in, Impossible Six. Up by until the way. <laughs> up until up until Avengers. <laughs> Mission Impossible is when they stopped doing first run of like yeah. the, the first two weeks. Yeah. Avengers is when they stopped doing you could see multiple. Avengers screens. literally bankrupted Movie Pass. Like and well not I guess literally it was, uh, it was Mission Impossible Six, but Avengers proved the Movie Pass model that's, could that's never where work. Movie Pass started falling apart. They started <laughs> falling apart in, in April. You're absolutely um, right. And so I the number of times that I went to go see it in theaters, I had to pay every time to see it. Oh, um, you did it. You did it I, willingly. I still went and saw it four times in theaters. It's pretty good. Um, but by the time I went Sunday night, they were out. They were out of all the promotional stuff at Cinemark. It was gone. Mm. Um, which bugged me because I'm like, why wouldn't you have more? I would have given you a lot of money for a piece yeah. of plastic. Come on, man. Look at me. This is this is all I have to live for. Don't take this away from me. Don't look into my eyes and see the pain. There's so much hurt behind this face. You have no idea. I barely got out of bed today. I mean, like, yeah. it's, I have nothing else to live for except to go to the movies. So come on, Cinemark. Get some more cups in stock. I'll give you the money I have and you give me If you want the money, you can have yeah, it. If that's gonna have all that matters to you. I'll give you the money. I don't even care. I just want the cup. <laughs> just take my freaking wallet. Take the money. Give me the cup. That's all I want. Yeah. Whatever. But I, I remember I, I was watching the movie. It's like, uh, different, I mean... I loved it. I love. I was so glad that I went to the showing that I went yeah. to that first seven o'clock Thursday night. I was with my people. Mm-hmm. It was with my, these. These were our people. These are movie people. These are Marvel people. Some people may think that it's sad to say, but you, we literally live no. for those moments. 
when when Steve Rogers comes out of the shadows yeah. and he catches that that sp- yeah I still didn't know they keep things secret so well oh everybody in the theater clapped for yeah. two times they clapped then and when Thor shows up with Stormbreaker oh shit everybody in the theater clapped yeah that was, was one like, of those like I, I talk a lot people. about like tingle moments in movies oh. that was one of them. That was that honestly, that might when he shows up with Stormbreaker, that might be the number one tingle moment of 2018. Yeah, because it was just and the, that complimented by Bruce Banner going laughing and saying, You're all screwed now. Uh, oh. Yes, that was great. God that, bless that whole. I mean, everything about that movie was, was just so amazing. I feel silly even like having to recount the good things about that movie because it's been it's it's been out for so long now we're coming up on Endgame and you know yeah so so close Uh, I I just I I I like that you're I like that you talked about your experience leading up to it rather than spending time talking about the movie because it's just so good duh it's so good for me I love the when for some reason when the Guardians show up and they're playing that rubber band man rubber band man yeah spinners it's so frigging good, man. And, and like the whole collaboration with Thor and, and, and the Guardians and their obsession, like Drax's obsession with him <laughs> and Star-Lord's jealousy. You are a dude. He is a man. <laughs> He's mocking him in his accent. And, oh, my no, God. No, you will not. <laughs> so great. Oh, sweet rabbit, and all of those things. I mean, it's just—it never gets old, ever. By morons. And for me, the great payoff was when they were on, uh, you know, Zant, uh, uh, nowhere. His old home when they were on that planet. Oh. And it was—it was like you know, it—it was—it was, it was uh, Iron Man meets like Star Lord on Titan. And the, and the, yeah, on Titan. Thank you. Uh, in the clash of, of, of personalities and, and egos. Don't call us plucky. We don't know what it means. <laughs> and the whole scene is like, it's like, are you American? No, I'm from Iowa. That's in, that's on Earth, dumbass. Like, that delivery that was is the so best. Star, I mean, Star, I mean, because, and what, my dad was one of them. After that movie came out, everybody was hating on Star-Lord. I know, yeah, and, and I wasn't. It drove me nuts because I'm like, okay, how did you guys miss this? How did you miss this? Literally like 10 seconds ago, um, Doctor Strange is having his, you know, super sorcerer Cosmic seizure. moment, yeah. And he's, <laughs> you know, he's, re- he's seen 14 million different ways in which this plays out. Yeah. So you you know, okay, what he's going to do is he's going to let events unfold in the one way that they can possibly beat Thanos. And they're like, oh, you shouldn't have done this because oh, Star-Lord screwed it all up. They were yeah. about to get the glove. I was like, no, that's not the one way where they actually win. You might have thought, oh, they get the glove off, then they win. It's like, And not to mention, Thanos just destroyed his world when he found out that he murdered his daughter to yeah. gain access to this stupid-ass stone, this oh. Infinity Stone. I mean, it. how could you not be Star-Lord in that situation? Like, you're going to think rationally. No. no. You're going to punch that big, dumb, purple... Asshole in his you're face. Just, you're, you're that, and he did exactly what Star Lord was going to do, and that's what makes yeah. Star Lord. That's what makes him awesome. <laughs> Star Lord, <laughs> exactly. I love you. Exactly, I do too, man. Oh God, that, that, that guy's the, great. And you know, it's one of those like this one. The I mean, the ending, the everybody turns to dust. Yeah, that's when I was like, you know, if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry. Oh my you God, and Tony Stark and and and, and Spider Man. Oh. 
I can't, rip I, your freaking heart I out. I can't. They, James Gunn got on Twitter and replied, because when Groot, when he disappears and he says, I am, he's saying, I am Groot. Yeah. People asked him, what is, what is he saying? And I got so mad at James Gunn because I was like, you cannot do this to me, James Gunn. You can't. Dad. Dad. He's, I was yeah. like, no. You, because oh, in our family, I, we love the Guardians. We jam out to the CDs all the time in the car. Yeah, yeah. Tucker and and Caden is Baby Groot and, and Rocket. If there ever was a human version of them, and they call, <laughs> they they're like when we go places and they see Star Lord, it's like Dad, that's you. So I was like, Oh, I'm oh my God. Like, oh, and Baby Groot's he's his dad. I was like, No, no, I can't. Screw I can't. you guys. Peter got me when he's. Uh, it's like, and he says, I'm sorry. It's like, no, you can't. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm like, if you didn't lose in that moment, I'm sorry. You don't have a soul. No, you, you don't. don't have a human soul. No, you, <laughs> you're a monster. You are a horrible monster and, of a person. And I know that that is a, that is a, uh, that is nothing more than an anthropomorphic tree. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> a sentient raccoon. And like, I mean, oh. like all the, those characters are, are people to us by now. So they spent a decade getting us to love these CGI characters, and we did. And he wiped half of them out. Yeah, it's... I sat in my car for 45 minutes in the theater parking lot. Just like, I don't even know. I, I'm i just like, I don't know what to do with myself. I, I don't know I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. And they didn't even let up in the post-credits, no. man. They freaking kill off Fury. <laughs> I was like, okay, Fury's gone, and Maria Hill's gone. Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, Captain Marvel's like, everybody else is gone. How do you want me to be excited about Captain Marvel right now? Everybody <laughs> I know and love is gone. Yeah. I have nothing in life. What I had, you took away from me. Yeah, pretty much. In a snap. But I'll be right back. <laughs> you got <clears throat> me. You're going to get me again. And it's going to be so tough to say goodbye to Robert Downey Jr. and Chris uh, Evans. Chris Evans. It's going to be tough, man. And 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 also uh, Thor, you know, he, they're 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 we're going to be saying goodbye to those guys. Next it's going to be it's going to be tough. Endgame's going to be tough. Yep, it's going to be it's going to have to take some tissue in with that one. All right, sir. That's, should we move on? That's it. Yep. Well, <laughs> I don't even know how I'm going to do two and one now. You understand, boy? You're about to take the full force of a star. It'll kill you. Only if I die. Yes, that's what killing you means. Well, I, I'm going to bring you back with Deadpool 2 as my number three. <laughs> I'm happy again. I, oh my God. I was not expecting to love Deadpool 2 more than Deadpool 1, but I love it more. And the fact that they released Once Upon a Deadpool with Fred Savage makes me love it even just a little bit more. And I haven't seen that yet, but I'm sure it's great. Deadpool 2 is so fun. It, that, that's what I like to look for. I, I, I like fun movies. Sue me. You know, I, I can appreciate sad stuff for sure. But in the end, I just want to be entertained and have fun. And Ryan Reynolds in this movie is the best. He is so freaking good as Deadpool. And, 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 and like the X-Force is great. I, I just adored the whole scene where they're doing that, like, who's going to join the team? And they're interviewing everybody. And one of the characters you don't even care about, like, the guy who's invisible, like, ends up being, the like, Vanisher. Brad Pitt. Yeah, the Vanisher. Like, is he really there? Four seconds. He was on screen for four seconds. Just four Uh And then, you know, Sugar Bear. Peter. <laughs> it's type 1 and type 2 diabetes. 
I loved every second Peter was on there. And I love that Peter lives in the end when he goes back through time and they do that whole oh thing. My He's gosh. like, just go, just go. Give Domino my email. Give Domino my email. I love Domino, oh. by the way. That Zazy Beats was so good. Phenomenal. So good. I loved every moment she's on screen because she's so confident in her luck. It's just going to get her through the she moment. She was, <laughs> a hu- I mean, a huge compliment to, and it was, I mean, it was, it was a breakaway from the comics. I mean, they changed the dynamic because in the comics, Domino is pale white and she has a dark. Uh, oh, yeah. They just, it's the they inverse. They inverted it. Yeah. And it was. It was when I was like, this is, I mean, that was, it was a phenomenal achievement. That's my domino. Like, I don't know anything about the comic yeah. domino, but forever, that would be my domino. My she version. was, so, I mean, like, she just fits so well with the whole cast. With, I mean, it was just, and when her, when, when the, when Cable shows up at, at, uh, Oh my God, Cable. <gasps> Josh Brolin's so frigging good. Thanos and Cable. Thanos is the one destroying our world, but we... But Cable's we, putting them back together. Cable's putting them back together. <laughs> I loved his character, too, because, like, you know, he, he... Well, you knew by the end they were going to be buddies. And Jesus Christ, the scene where they, like, fight side by side, and they're, like, they're just, like, murdering those, like... Uh, Only best friends execute pedophile together. <laughs> I love that line so much. It's so great. Uh, more fun X-Men hijinks you know like where they're in the x-men mansion and they have the scene where they close that the door was... brilliant I-, I love that so much uh, the kid i really enjoyed the kid it's like is that an invisible rope <laughs> it's like you this is the bad guy but like he's so don't cute say legs adorable. <laughs> you dick um the juggernaut juggernaut was cool i like I-, I know i have friends who really had issues with juggernaut they didn't like his look I thought it was cool. I mean, how are you going to do Juggernaut? When you've been given Vinny Jones as Juggernaut, I love Vinny Jones. Yeah. Vinny Jones is great. I'm Vinny the Jones Juggernaut, is, bitch. He's not the Juggernaut. <laughs> no, but not even close. For that to be his iconic line, like, no, I'm sorry, you're nowhere close to the Juggernaut. Yeah. And this weird little foam hat you have on that makes you, like, no, I don't, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Juggernaut's got to be Juggernaut. Juggernaut. He's got to be huge. This was the Juggernaut. And you got to have to CG his ass. And it was great. He was voiced by Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize that until afterwards. That was great. That's my legal given name. <laughs> Fuck shit up. And they're doing that slow motion like jog, and they're panning from like you know uh, Cable to Domino to Deadpool to his little skinny ass. Brown Panther. <laughs> and he's like spits, and then they're playing that great song. Oh my god, that 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 gave that was a not a tingle moment, but like I'm I'm feeling was, so good in my skin right now. Like this is joyous. So it was so good, it's and I love that he got to run over the friggin' one guy at the end, the guy that they were trying not to. He even runs murdered. like a pedophile. <laughs> so great. Ah, Deadpool too. Like uh, you know, I still need to catch the uh, longer. Ver- yeah, I haven't seen it yet. It's. I still have that wonderful little nugget sitting in my back pocket. If I'm, if I'm feeling blue one day, I can just pop that in and watch it. So I, I, it's it's great, and you know, like I said, I once upon a Deadpool, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, I'll be curious to see like if it's palatable, palatable for a kid like my kids <clears throat> to see it PG thirteen, how they'll how that'll look. It's, because uh, I, I I I meant to go to the theater to get to see it. One, I mean, I had several that I wanted to see. In you only had two weeks too. That was the thing. It was it was yeah. twelve. It was the twelve days of Deadpool started on the twelfth and ended on yeah. Christmas Eve and. Um, 
I think because because uh, I went, I was looking. I was going to try and go see it on Christmas Eve in yeah. the evening, and it wasn't showing anywhere. So I don't even know if in every market if it stayed out for the full twelve days. Good point. Um, yeah. So because and I, if they did it, you know, maybe just one showing a day. Yeah, it was not. It was not dominating several theaters. It was. Yeah. Probably one at best in, yeah. in most. It might have added like an extra million to its overall cum. Yeah. But it was, yeah. I, I, and it was, it, I know a lot of people complain because, oh, you pulled out all the stuff that makes it Deadpool. And it was like, there's, because. Ryan Reynolds makes it Deadpool. He's the spirit he, of Deadpool. That's, I, and every, I mean, everything about it, everything, because, I mean, if there, if, and it's, I mean, there's a part of me that feels like I should be embarrassed to say this, but I, I'm not. If there was ever a movie that changed my life, it's Deadpool. I know how much you legitimately is. I mean, like, I'm like, I'm. Are you even? Are you not wearing any Deadpool clothing? Right? Is the band it? I have that. My shoes are Deadpool. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is the number one Deadpool. Thing I, right here. Ryan Reynolds send this guy some Deadpool stuff. My dead, my new Deadpool slippers are in the car. <laughs> I could be wearing those. Jimmy Changa. Jimmy Changa trucks. Oh, I, have, I have, I have, a, I have a lot of stuff that I own is Deadpool themed, but. I just, I mean, Ryan Reynolds, if there was ever, I mean, I, there's a lot of guys like, oh, this guy was born to, it's like, if there was ever He a was human, born to play Deadpool. He was born to play Deadpool. I, I, I used just, to think he was born to be, uh, well, gosh, what was the movie that he started out in? Where uh, Van, Van Wilder. Wilder, he was born to be Van Wilder. I thought maybe that would have been it, but he's he's Deadpool. It, it's, I mean, like everything he gets, about He involves it, himself so much with it. The marketing. The, the marketing, the writing, the, I mean, the, just the, every every part of it. And it's just, it's such, it's, it's great because he's, he's, an, I mean, he, he takes superhero movies, which we all know and love, mm -hmm. and he takes, he kicks it up a notch. Yep. I, I don't know what it is that I love about that breaking the fourth wall. If it's just like, if, because I love movies as much as I do, this makes me feel like I'm invited in even yeah. more. Oh yeah. That's the beauty of the fourth wall. Ferris Bueller knew it. Uh, very few people do it effectively because so many times people do it and you're like, shut up. You know, like, like you can't break the fourth wall. It's like I don't want. I don't care what you have to say. Stop addressing me. You're right. like that weird waiter that comes over the table and like crouches down. Is like, hey, how are we doing today, guys? Like, oh, oh that guy, that freaking like, no. guy. You're it's not like, my friend. That's the guy that breaks the fourth wall the wrong yeah, way. It's geez. like you know what? How about you dance for me, monkey? How about I throw pennies on the floor and you go bring me? You bring me appetizers. I'm gonna throw nickels at your yeah. feet. Fling them at your face. Uh, you Here's dimes. I want some appetizers. Let's. <laughs> You're getting no tip, by the way. No. No tip. And by the way, you still got to serve me. Yeah. And I will. I can tell if people spit in my food yeah. because I've had everybody spit in my food. <laughs> don't spit in that cop's burger. You know. But... It's for a cop. <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> but yeah, Deadpool 2 is, it, it's in true Ron fashion to measure how much I love it. I've watched it a dozen times probably. And no matter how many times I've seen it, no matter what point in the movie it ever comes on cable, uh, no pun intended, I'm going to I'm gonna freaking watch it. A million okay. times, it's still going to be funny to me. So that's my number three. What's Donde your... esta la biblioteca? You think we didn't jump out of the plane because of a light breeze? You're in the shit now, mustache! I'm only yelling to impress the other guys and never let anything happen to you, sugar bear. Laird! Hit it! My number two? Yep. My number two... This this one this is one had we had I done this in December, especially the beginning of December, yeah. this one would not have been on the list. It was not on the list. This was Bohemian Rhapsody. 
oh shoot, yeah, like I wanted to see this, but I haven't Bohemian seen it yet. Raps, this movie. I had a feeling it would be a movie in my top ten if I'd seen it. It but. is phenomenal. Cool. Uh, like I, you know, I yeah, I would. I would have to say, you know, at best, I was probably a casual Queen fan. Yeah. And uh, most people are just from Wayne's World, Bohemian uh, Rhapsody, the song. Um, it wasn't cool, I don't think, to like Queen when they were Queen. They uh, and that, that was that was one and one of the things to me that really, especially a movie that's based on a true story or yeah. is a biopic, if you've done it well. You will inspire me to go research further. Oh, that's not a good to necessarily point. just to like okay, what what's factual, what's not. Yeah. But you've given me, and that's what this movie did. It cool. for me and my I, my I knew my dad wanted to go see it. He was a big Queen fan. I listened to him when when he was. I mean, when they're they unlike the any band ever. That, so that was unique. That was what I mean. Some of what came out of it because you know like. You know, um, I remember the the Cameron Crowe film, um, Almost o- Heroes. Almost, yeah. yeah. And uh, and with with that, like it was it was just kind of like that stereotypical, like the band, you know, somebody or you know, they're all on drugs. Blackwater, whatever they were called. You know, it was one of those where it's like, you know, there was something from the onset that was different about these guys. And I mean, there I mean, there's stuff you know that that they they kind of played up. And it was one of the things that I loved. I was sitting there as as the the opening credits are rolling, and my dad comes sitting down. We're watching it. It said Mike Myers, and I was sitting there. I was like, "Why is Mike Myers in this movie?" And it didn't hit me till later <laughs> on. Like, yeah. And then I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's Mike so Myers cool that he's role. in this movie." And I, I believe, for all intents and purposes, the character that he plays was completely fabricated. Was not a real character. So when you were researching, <clears throat> was that part of the reason why you wanted to like learn more about that character? There's who's that, this guy? <laughs> um, the uh, I forget the guy's name. He played Paul. Um, he was he was essentially the, the the Yoko to the group if they'd ever broken up. Oh okay. He was a guy that was really a bad influence for uh, Freddie Mercury. Mm. Paul, I wish I could remember his last name. Um, but uh, Paul Giamatti. Yes. Goddamn son. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Giamatti. Ah. Um, he, uh, the, it, there. I mean, there were there were so many things about it. Uh, like, as they they got to a point in the movie where they kind of broke up, which in reality they never actually did. Um, Alan uh, Leach, Paul yes. Paul Printer, Paul Printer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He was he was clearly an antagonist for the film, mm. and the guys uh, Brian May. He looks like an antagonist. Brian May, and Roger IMDb Taylor. photo. Yeah. <laughs> He he was. Uh, it's funny because it was like, where do I know this guy from? And I knew him from Downton Abbey because I'm a Downton Abbey guy, and I'm okay with that. That's um, fine. They, they, and they, there has to be plenty of fans. It's <laughs> it was it was a great show. He was he was Tom. He was fantastic. Um, but he was he was a really compelling. I, I watched a lot of. Uh, and I went home and watched a lot of interviews with the guys that were in Rami Malek, um, yeah. Dexter Fletcher, who finished directing the movie when Brian Singer went nuts. He was just not on set for long periods of time, days on end. He threw something at Rami Malek one day, um, so they finally removed him and they brought in Dexter Fletcher. And by the way, how dare people like shame the people who other all the other good people who involved with this movie? Uh, you know, just because of Brian Singer's involvement. Oh my gosh! And I mean, like when when I learned of all of the things that Rami Malek had to do to be, I mean, like they had a there was there was a choreography coach for. <clears throat> Everything that that he did as Freddie Mercury, not just dance moves, not not anything like how he walked, how yeah. he conducted himself, because he was such a flamboyant personality. Totally, man. Yeah, that's the word. And it was just like how well he did this. 
And I love, too, um, the guy that played John Deacon, their bassist, was um, Joseph, uh, I think it was Marzello, mm-hmm. who played, um, oh, he was he was the kid from Jurassic Park. Okay. Um, uh, from the original Jurassic Park? The original Park? Jurassic Park, yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. The, the little kid, John Hammond's uh, yeah. grandson. I know expense. Exactly. Um, but it was, uh, you know, and then like seeing... All grown up. The guy that they had that played Brian May, the guy they had that played Roger Taylor, the, and then getting Joseph Marzello... Um, they all looked like the guys. It was like the yeah. casting was spot on. Well, if you look, if you, it's once again character actors. Oh, uh, Mike Myers is by far and away the most famous of, of all the people in the movie. But uh, I'm really looking forward <clears throat> to seeing this movie. I, I'm going to have to try and get my butt out to the theaters because it's still out there. It's, it's still... And it with with Oscar season being what it is, it'll probably stay in theaters for a bit. <clears throat> There's a sing along version you can go to. I saw that. I would, I I'm almost that. tempted to go back and see it that way. I did that for Greece <sighs> one time because there was no. It's literally one of those moments where, like, a buddy of mine and I, they were like doing like a reissue, like you know, a re-release of Greece, and it was a sing-along, and I didn't even realize it. And I was like, I had never seen Greece. And I was like, dude, you just want to see Greece? I've never seen it. And he's like, you know what? I've never seen it either. Greece is the next word. thing you know. We're in a in a, a theater filled with these girls singing every song word by word, and you know what? It was fun. It was fun oh, just being wrong. in yeah. the theater with all of these people who love it. There's a great energy in that. There's a great Yeah, they, they, they're just huge mega fans. And, you know, we, we just kind of blended in. Like, we didn't know any of the words to any of the songs. Except for, like, you know, the Grease Lightning. Grease Lightning. Yeah, everybody knows that. Uh, but, like, I didn't know any of this in, in Summer Love. Like, I, you know, I've, I had parents who had the records, for crying out loud. But, yeah, I, that, I feel like that would be a similar. But I like freaking Queen, man. Oh, it's... it's... So much. I, I got my dad the soundtrack for Christmas. Very cool. Uh, and it was. Uh, I, I've listened to. I've listened to it a number of times myself. Damn the Highlander theme. <laughs> oh, that was one that didn't make. I was the Prince of the Universe. Was great. Oh, Princess of the Universe gets your blood pumping, man. It was. Uh, and it was. It was one of the things that I realized in research. Um, Mike Myers, when he was making Wayne's World, because Mike Myers, I think, is pretty. It was like single. I would. I would give him credit. He is single handedly. Uh, brought back the popularity of Queen because in the early 90s um, MTV refused to air one or more of their music videos yeah so their popularity continued to be on the rise in um, in Europe sure. but they really kind of dropped out of the limelight in I America. can't imagine why <laughs> yeah and then yeah. Uh, you know unfortunately when Freddie Mercury died that really put a, uh, a kink in things yeah but um, in 92 because he died in 91 92. He's making Wayne's World, and he threatens to walk out on the entire production if they do not use Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't think it's hyperbole at all to say that he is responsible for the... He is solely responsible for the resurgence of their popularity in the United States. Because it was scenes from the movie, but they would intersperse clips of that video, and you just sort of, without even realizing it, became fans of Queen. Like oh. suddenly, you knew who Queen was. You put their faces, and, and there's like this song is amazing. And then you yeah. hear their other songs. You're like, these guys are amazing. Yeah. They really highlighted that in the movie, and I thought they did a great job. And just because the, they they have it on the soundtrack, because it all leads up to the Live Aid performance. Sure, sure, sure. Um, Which and, is incredible. And, and like, and I, I just saw the other day when they released the Blu-ray, they're actually going to include the actual as footage. an extra. From Very from cool. the Live Aid performance, which is great. The, his control of that crowd, <clears throat> Freddie Mercury. It's. I mean, that's another one of those tingle moments. It's, yeah, you've you probably know. never seen any. We'll we'll never be. We'll never experience that. And that think. that was the phenomenon of who he was. He could do yeah. that. He could unite so many people 
in such a way. It was just, yeah, it was phenomenal. And the, yeah. was, the movie was just, you know, it was, it was exciting. It was entertaining. They took some creative license, but you didn't care. Cause he might have been so, like the last true great front man. I, I, I think there's a good chance to, that you could really say that. Cause Maybe Mick Jagger, I guess you could say. Freddie Merch, I mean, he was just, he was, he was a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And this movie, I think, solidly did him justice. And so... I, I had concerns about this movie because the band had creative control, I think, over a lot of the movie. Ryan just, and Roger, Roger Taylor had, the, yep, they had the rights. Yeah, so that worried me because I'm like, I don't want a sanitized, necessarily a sanitized version of this story. And uh, it sounds like they didn't necessarily do that. I think they just <clears throat> really wanted to be fair. There was uh, one of the things I was reading about uh, Alan Leach, who played Paul Prenter. They, Brian May and Roger Taylor, the ba- the guitarist and the drummer uh, for Queen, that when they were on set, they distanced themselves considerably from Alan Leach because he reminded them so much of Paul Prenter. Oh, wow. And they hated Paul so much. Jeez. That they were just like, we're, because they came and apologized to him towards the end of the film, and they are like, we're sorry we haven't spent more time with you, but you remind us so much You're of Paul. so good as him, yeah. I, I, I can't be around you because I hated that guy so much. Wow. So yeah, that I was as I was going through, I was like, this one, it was just, I mean, it was like it was such a good movie, such it was such an experience. That was the thing. It was like it was such an experience. Like, I kind of like already had in my head, sort of admitted, like not admitted, but I, I kind of like told myself, like I'm just gonna buy this movie when it comes out and I'll own it, and I'm not necessarily gonna worry about going to see it because they're again like December was like such. God bless it, man. They put so much stuff out. They December. really packed this last December. It, more, more so than I can remember in a long yeah. time. And uh, it's just one of those flicks that fell by the wayside, you know. Uh, but my buddy, my buddy Jay, 4KJ, he was like, I remember the opening weekend, he was like, you want to go see it? And uh, I had an opportunity to go see it, but I didn't. And that was my window, I feel like. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody. Cool, man. All the way up at number Solid. two. Solid number two. That's high praise. Yes. High praise. I want you to clap on the third beat. What's going on? You know if you're on time. I want to give the audience a song that they can perform. Okay, well, it's going to start moving along kind of fast because the overlap's going to get us going. Um, My number two is Into the Spider-Verse. What's your number one? My number one is Deadpool (laughs) 2. My number one is Avengers Infinity War. And yeah, I know, like, it's like one of those deals where we we did a Marvel Cinematic Universe ranking episode on the Big Geek Podcast, and I was not prepared to make it my overall number one favorite. That that honor still goes to the first Avengers movie, just because of the way it made me feel. Uh, That was a great movie. But but Infinity War is legitimately the best movie of 2018 in my heart and mind. I mean, it's... I, you know... It, it pushes everything aside of me. It's just so damn good. Respect to Paul Feige or Paul Feig or whatever his name is. I always get the director and that guy confused. Yeah. Respect to him for being, you know, just being the guy who was somehow managed to take, um, what is it, 20 some odd movies? I think. Uh, and make it a cohesive story. Think about that. It's unlike anything that's ever been done. It'll never be done again, ever. No. They, you know, other studios can't even get two damn movies going together, and they've done it for twenty some odd movies. They can't even CGI out a mustache. 
<laughs> so much hate the DC. <laughs> Are you sure you're not from the DCU? <laughs> so dark. Are you sure you're not from the DC universe? He's fighting another Cape Crusader, <laughs> whose mother's name also happened to be Martha. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, and I hate to skip by, like, you know, we're at number one, obviously. We, we've already spent time discussing. And I was sitting here thinking, like, wow, this episode is over three hours long. But, you know, wow. I know, it's it's going to be a long, long one. But I'm going to wow. keep it all together because it's. I feel like it deserves to be all one episode. Uh, we don't have a third segment. Should be should be ten individual series. <laughs> we do each. I'm gonna Netflix this thing. Ten, nine, eight. No, I'm not gonna do that. Um, but I, I am gonna cut. We, you know, we we didn't even know. Like, we honestly didn't even plan a third segment. I was like, you know what? This is probably gonna go pretty long. We don't even need it. So don't look for like an opening. Like, I think what we're gonna do in the next episode is we're gonna have a discussion on our most anticipated movies of 2019. Makes sense, right? We got a lot coming. 2018 was a big year. 2019, in a lot of ways, is going to be just as big, if not bigger. I promised that I would let us have a shout-outs opportunity where yes. we keep comments very brief. Yep. So why don't you... I'll, I'll throw this, out my... This is our shout-out lightning round. This, the, the Let's see. So I did... Um, I said a Venom and Game Night. Those were two of my honorable mentions that I already talked about. My other, my other three honorable mentions, and uh, let's see... You were never really here. I thought about that one, yeah. Joaquin I, Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix, one of those off the beaten path. If you haven't seen it, I do recommend it. It came out so early in the year, I don't think... I feel like, like Logan, it's going to get unfairly passed over. And yeah. it's forgotten about already. But it, So much so that I was like, did that even come out this year? It was... Because uh, it was in... Uh, you know, Peppermint is one of those... Um, and I had the, my other um, honorable mention, Equalizer 2. Oh, another yeah. solid, f- great film. Fun movie. Denzel, you same, can't go wrong. Same kind of vein. You Were Never Really Here is 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 grittier and is is uh, a little darker. Yeah, oh yeah. But it's what I it's like. It's the DCU it's, version it's, of... <laughs> it's, less, um, it's less gratuitous, I think, in some respects because... Yeah. There's so much more of the violence, and so much more of the rage is implied and is off screen. Good point. Good point. It was they. It All was, you need to see is him reach for the hammer. <clears throat> yes, you know they let you know what he's gonna do, but they don't let the story be about the violence. They let it be about the emotion and the drive and you know that raw, you know what it really motivates him. And I I, I just thought that was a really a really compelling. A really compelling story that was done. It's in the same kind of vein as a lot of the other movies that I really loved, but yeah. it was just done so differently that. And it was. If I wasn't such a sucker for superhero movies, it would have been in the top ten. It, yeah, and uh, so um, then my last. It would have been NC seventeen if Eli Roth <clears throat> had done it. Yes, because he would have just included the violence, and it would have been a lot. Um, my last honorable mention was Mile Twenty Two. Um, Peter oh, Berg, okay. Mark okay. Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. That was it. Was um, it. It was another one of those in that uh, September October range that just didn't wasn't wasn't advertised well um, didn't uh, didn't capitalize well didn't make I don't even think it made back its its uh, initial budget mm. it was planned as part of a, a trilogy okay um, featured Eco away from the raid um, Redemption oh, okay, the Raid okay. Two I love him he's fantastic absolutely um, had some uh, some really great twists and turns that I loved. Um, I've watched it a couple times, recommend it. I've had a couple other people watch it and tell me they really enjoyed it. I'll I, have to give that a try. 
I hope Peter Berg can squeeze a sequel out of it because I would love to see where they go next with it. It but can't be that expensive, right? And I bet you Mark Wahlberg's doing it on the cheap. For that. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they have such a good working relationship yeah, with each they're other. They're good buddies. They've done a number of things. Those are my honorable mentions for 20. I'll try and go through mine a little bit fast. Uh, first of all, Mary Poppins Returns. It broke my heart to squeeze it out of 10. That felt like I was a huge fan of the original Mary Poppins movie. Yeah, I said it. I don't care. That's I watched right. it a million times as a kid, and to. For them to come as close to the original, even though it was a completely different actor, and the way that they continued the story as the, the Banks children is now the adults, so hmm. sweet. I need to see it still. All, all of the animated scenes, too, uh, were spot on, felt just exactly like the original movie. The songs were good with Linwell Miranda, good songs. And I liked him, too. It's kind of the spiritual uh, successor to Bert and uh, Dick Van Dyke. Dick and Van by the way, Dyke. he had a really touching cameo in it as well. Oh, nice. Um, Black Klansman was very close to being in my top 10. It was, and I took it out for Aquaman. And it's the reason I, I didn't include it is because it. I felt like it was, Spike Lee is just not subtle, and that's fine. We need Spike Lee's. It's a great movie. Uh, Denzel Washington's kid. I joked with you. I was like, you know, the 10, 15 years ago, Denzel Washington would have starred in this movie. And I'll be damned if his son is not actually starring in this yeah. movie. And he's really good and has all the qualities of his dad. I wanted to see it. That actually uh, drives it even more for me. I highly recommend the movie. It, 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 it is a little heavy-handed in points. But then again, it undercuts it with really snappy humor. Because Adam Driver is so good in this movie. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's a it's a crazy movie. It's about a it's about a, a black police officer who becomes detective, and he 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 puts himself in a situation where he <laughs> he infiltrates the Klan over the phone, and obviously being a black man, he can't be in the Klan. So he it, he takes Adam Driver and recruits him to be who he is in real life, and it's a true story, and. Um, <laughs> uh, What's his name? Uh, the the actor who plays David Duke is really enjoyable. Topher Grace. Topher Grace. I've always kind of liked Topher Grace, but he he's just one of those guys that like he's never he he'll never be a big star. He's, I just think you'll of him too much as Eric. Him, but he'll never yeah he'll never drive a movie. I, the the dialogue in this movie and uh, the acting in this movie and the writing in this movie are all top notch. It, it just in the end, I don't want to watch it again. It's just. It ends on such a heartbreaking, real moment, and uh, Those are hard. it's it's not the movie's fault, but you should see it because it's a good movie. Um, Vice was really good. I, I think it so. unfairly is being compared a lot to The Big Short because obviously who's in it and who's directing it, and it's done in that same kind of silly way. Like you know all the scenes with like for instance Margot Robbie in I the bathtub. Those. Those they great. do those things in this movie, <clears throat> and they're they're equally as funny and hilarious and sarcastic and it that is a great movie and uh, 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 Kevin uh, Bale Christian Bale Christian Bale Christian Bale is so damn good he becomes Dick Cheney he's really good he's at one it. of those character actor guys shit those, yeah uh, man he, he is your Daniel Day Lewis he's yep. like I mean so Vice is really good um, A Quiet Place which was super great. That was a great uh, You know, I really enjoyed... Uh, really emotional at times. Really emotional at times. It, I, In the end, I was really drawn out by... I, I didn't like seeing the monsters. Like, I, once I saw the monsters, I was kind of, like, out. Like, I didn't care for it much. It's it's funny because it, of that, because of the bird box, gets... There's a comparison that's drawn between the two a lot, which yeah. I think is pretty fair. But it's funny because it's kind of like... See the monsters, don't see the monsters. 
it kind of it doesn't help add anything yeah. and it doesn't help take away anything like it's not like oh we didn't see them so there was better it's like no in bird boxes like not seeing them doesn't make me any happier seeing them in in um in a quiet place didn't make me happy it's like oh i know what they're like interesting I, i'm gonna watch that movie even with the warnings and even though i don't like sandy um but anyways couple couple more quick ones um you know, it was a strong year for Marvel in a lot of ways, but then again, it was also kind of mediocre. Like Ant-Man and Wasp and Black Panther were both very good movies. I don't want to say very good. They were both good movies. They were good movies. They were, you know, they were enjoyable and they served a purpose driving the plot, you know, making the whole thing work. They were necessary. And uh, the one thing, it, the thing I like about these movies too is like, you never know how important they are right away. And Ant Man and Wasp, I think, is going to be a huge one of those because the, of, of like Endgame. it's going to yeah, it, it's going to be big. And you know, Black Panther, which was the highest grossing movie of the year, and I thought it was quite good. I like Michael B. Jordan. I think he's a great actor. The highest domestic gross. You know what? Now that I think about it, Movie Pass probably had a shitload to do with that. Anyways, whatever. And bussing people in. <laughs> I'm not going to get on that subject. No, I don't want to get on that subject either. I don't want to take anything away from the movie because you know it's movie. perfectly fine. Um, I just don't understand why people think it's like the best movie ever. Uh, whatever. But it deserves a shout-out, in my opinion. So those are all my shout-outs that I have. So thanks for you know, indulging us for those, because you know we each had... I mean, when you see as many movies as we do, you've got to acknowledge some of these things. Yeah. It's hard to do Squeezing a Squeezing it down list. to 10 is not the easiest thing to do. For many people, it's very easy to do. I saw 10 movies that year. That just happens to be my top 10. <laughs> but I we... saw four movies this year, so I guess I have a top four. Yes. Now. Top three, seven, really, because I hated one of those movies. I saw 77 movies that came out in 2018. That's that's so, impressive. For someone who doesn't have a job in an industry to review movies... I would venture to guess you're probably right about the same, if not if not more. It's I, it, it's it's high. I, I, I need to go back and count. I'd be curious how it stacks up. And by the way, like we said, easily like 15 to 20 of those movies are in the last two to three weeks. Yeah. Um, but I don't care, because I love movies, and like you, it's like something I love... I take it very seriously, and uh, I, I encourage you, Adam, to get on your blog and do some more writing because I was enjoying reading it. I should do that. I should stop being lazy, and I should should do that thing. I I came to the realization recently that podcasting is like blogging for lazy people. See, this is why it works so well for me. <laughs> I don't even want to do this. <laughs> But am I right? It's like you're putting all your thoughts all out there into the ether, but you're just saying them and not saying. writing them. But I, I do enjoy that. reading your your thoughts on movies when you when you know you, occasionally when you go to your site and write stuff about it. It, it gives it, I, I tend I try to be a little bit more thoughtful, and I'll sit there and I'll agonize over the words and how I want to put things. And yeah, <clears> yeah, and I, I guess that's what I like. This is and, and, and you all you you write your reviews like you would write a story <laughs> almost like there's a three act structure to your review. But uh, anyways, that that was 2018 in a nutshell. We it. it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. We did 365 days in three hours, three and a half hours. You're welcome. It's a long episode, guys. If if you end up ca like catching this in multiple viewings, I wouldn't blame you. If you're here, we love you. <laughs> we love you so much, Mitch, Mitch, Mitchell, Mitch. I hope you've rested. I hope you're pulled over and you've listened and watched. And we love you, Mitch. And you can get back in your vehicle now and yep. go home, wherever it is Keep that you're on. going. Keep on trucking. <laughs> we'll see you next time.